Welcome to episode seven of the Varangian Heresy podcast. That's right. We're back on. To, we're on two hands now. Two hands and counting. Well, actually, it's been two hands since the last episode. But you know, we live in farm country, so technically, some people are still counting on one hand when you reach episode six. Um, but welcome. And with me tonight is my good buddy and co-host Chris. Hey, Jody. And just to meet you. Just want to make it clear, it's you who live in farm country, and it's you who have experience with people with more than five fingers on each hand. I cannot argue that point either way, my friend. Cannot argue that point either way, <laughs> but um, yeah. Okay, we'll move on from that. Yeah, move on, move on. <laughs> move on quickly, nothing to see here, no comments about farm country here. Um, and coming all the way from the sunny climes of the United Kingdom, as Freddie is not here, don't worry, he's not out on manoeuvres, he's not doing his James Bond stuff, he just happens to be uh, taking a vacation, recharging his batteries for the next time he sees uh, Fulgrim. Uh, we have my good buddy, a very old friend of mine, uh, pretty decent chap, got a decent drinking uh, drinking palate and a love for gin, just like we all have. Oh, absolutely. Mr. Lexhead, how you doing, buddy? Hey, everyone, how's it going? All good, man, all good. Glad to have you on the podcast. Been, uh, Lovely to be here, as they me- say. Meaning to get you on for a while, but uh, like I said, we're only on episode seven, so I think I, we got there pretty quickly, actually. Like you say, fingers are one hand, so it's all good. Yeah, as it's all about. Um, so yeah, good good to have you here, dude. Um, so we've got a, a fair few bits to talk about this evening. Um, our main segment tonight is something pretty interesting. We've made, mentioned it before um, in one of our earlier episodes. We've had a listener email from uh, Rico Svensson who's asking us about uh, scrounging terrain. And we're going to talk about that and expand on it a little bit to start with tonight um, when it comes up to what we've done as far as terrain projects are concerned and generally our sort of takes on terrain as a whole. But um, it, I, I, honestly, Chris, I think and Lex, I think this is going to be an ongoing subject, so I think we'll end up revisiting this more than once. Yep, I think so too, because it's it's quite hard to exhaust it in like two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty sure. Long we're talking. I'm pretty sure about that. So, tell you what, before we do anything else, however, Lex, uh, can you introduce yourself to the uh, the, po- the the our little podcast community? And yeah, Chris, of course. Chris, make make sure you ask him loads of questions. Um, So, uh, my name's Lex, Um, I've been playing 40k since Rogue Trader, um, for my sins, Um, and uh, started gaming uh, with Space Hulk and other games like that, so it's all about the Terminators and has been all the way through. Um, And uh, yeah, I I started uh, building a heresy army because I wanted to do a whole bunch of conversions, um, just as... uh, they were bringing out the, the the first sets of Mark III, which is just some of the best kits out there. Um, so I went from my Wolves, which I've been playing since, yeah, say, the Rogue Trader days, um, and thought I'd start painting yellow, uh, because I wanted to talk to myself. Um, and, uh, yeah, so um, I've been doing Fist since then, uh, which has been great fun. Then they were obviously brought out books. Um, and at that point, my, uh, my local gaming group in Swansea, um, in the UK, uh, they... They, they started talking about all sorts of other things, and all my all my kit kept going missing, and all my pictures. So I started a tiny little web page on Facebook um, to keep it all in one place, so I could find it, uh, which was Crusade and Heresy, um, which some folk may or may not have heard of. 
and we will definitely talk about a bit more in uh, a little bit later on in the introduction section here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that deserves its own conversation, really. Well, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, other than that, um, lots and lots of games. I just really enjoy organizing and painting and playing um, and getting other people just doing stuff, um, uh, which is sort of um, a mantra which has kept me going. So that's why I'm now building um, a brand-new 8x4, I think it's going to be. Um, mm. I convinced the girlfriend that we needed a bigger house, uh, which will have a gigantic dining room, um, which we've turned <laughs> over to gaming. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's all good. And half the cave upstairs is full of sewing machines and things like that, whereas the other half, it, I can't move uh, plastic and resin crack up here. It's, it's, it's embarrassing and it's messy and I love it. It's, it's my little home. I was going to say, it sounds absolutely horrendous that the stresses and strains you have to put yourself through for your hobbying, where you have, have rooms of plastic and um, resin crack. I, I, I feel for you, my friend, I truly do. I think I may have just trodden on a fire raptor. <sighs> <laughs> Fair enough. You're almost as bad as Freddy. <laughs> almost as bad as Freddy. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. It was, it was, yeah. It's all good. It's okay. Yeah. It's in one piece still. Still on yeah. <laughs> That's always a good start. <laughs> At least it'll get, if you step on it in the right right angles, it'll actually get it off the sprue for you a lot quicker. I'm, I'm hoping it might bend it into the right shape. Uh, because, good luck um, there. <laughs> <laughs> unless, you stood, luck. unless you stood on it with an iron, a heating iron, <laughs> or a, a bu- bucket of hot water. My general understanding of the Fire Raptor kits is it ain't going to happen. No, no. And that's why it has not been built in about two years. So there's a lot of stuff you've been, uh, you've sort of been involved there, Lex. And I, I remember when we, um, when I first started seeing you get into the heresy a while back, um, mm-hmm. I think it was uh, your, well, sort of combination of Imperial Fists and the route. Um you you sort of uh, really went all out with uh, what you could get your hands on and you know we like I said we t- we've said before before we started the episode here that we've uh, we did plastic fantastic last week and talked about <clears throat> um, doing stuff in plastic so you kind of really started towards the very beginning of the whole heresy thing if I remember rightly when it was just I don't know was it was it was it when Forgeworld were out and about with the heresy stuff when you started or it was you... it was just starting yeah so. Um... One of the things which I did uh, was sort of test piece unit. Um, it was before they even had army lists. So I was using um, the uh, standard Space Marine Codex yeah. um, and then sort of trying to fit things in. So I was kit bashing Sisters of Silence and Custodies and things like that from all sorts of plastic bits from um, from kits. So the Sisters of Silence, I think, had bits of Empire troops, uh, bits of... Uh, dark Eldar, bits of uh, Wood Elves, bits of uh, Dark Elves, all, all sorts of stuff to make them look cool and, and in keeping with the, um, uh, with the, the sort of the aesthetic for it, um, and double-handed swords because they look cool. Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, as the as the as the marks of armor started coming out, um, I decided, obviously, because any gamer can never have one army on the go at any one time, <laughs> um, that um, I, I fancied breaking back into my route as well. So I mean, I've got sort of I think five, six, seven thousand points of um, Imperial Fists plus fortifications and all sorts. But um, the route uh, had just been a sort of a conversion project on the back burner. Yeah. Um, and one of the really great things about it is uh, the, the plastic kits which exist uh, for, uh, for 40K, the wolf bits, um, allow you to... Um, do your models in all sorts of different ways. So um, with me, I decided that uh, for my for my wolves, I wanted them to be um, sort of fairly early on. So they hadn't done uh, all the scrimshaw, they hadn't done all the, um, the 
the the molded pieces of like wolf's head armor and everything like that so yeah. everything was going to be sort of tied on bits of bone and uh, runic fetishes and everything like that and yeah all the plastic pieces let you do that so um i've got one of my favorite pieces which i did was um getting uh the uh, uh the red awake at the terminator yeah um getting him and then getting uh logan grimnar um and Kit bashing the two together um, because the head fits in perfectly and you get like all the different arms and, and bits and pieces and so he's got all this flowing energy and movement um, and it just fits in really well with that sort of, um, that Tiberius figure and and so it's it's mixing and matching those kits uh, which which really 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 uh, gets me going because yeah I love kit, kit bashing stuff um, so at the moment I'm uh, in the middle of uh, shaving down. Uh, the back plate and arms of uh, Nial Stormcaller in his Terminator armor, so I can turn him into a cataphracty. Um, nice. <laughs> it should look cool when it's done. Uh, I hope it does. Um, but then, with that for the conversion pieces, there's there's loads of stuff from the the, the cataphracty cataphracty. Uh, let's try English. Cataphracty <laughs> set uh, from uh, from the uh, the Betrayal of Kalf, uh, yeah. which are, again great for great for doing conversion work. So. Yeah, I have um, three sets of the Terminators myself, and uh, I'm going to be uh, already using five of them, and then there'll probably be another five that become uh, uh, the expanded set of uh, Tyrants for my uh, Iron Warriors. And then I'm going to have a tr- maybe convert up a, cl- a set as well for uh, close combat with some different uh, power weapons and such like. But they're really nice kits to play around with. Uh, mm-hmm. but um yeah because i remember i when because for for our listeners uh at one point in my life between between relationships and marriages i actually lived at lex's house for a while uh, it's true he, he did he, he's, he's very nice well, hey i still have problems when i see newspaper on the floor that's all i'm saying <laughs> um but he, he basically put me up and i remember seeing a lot of these projects that i didn't always see and I remember seeing the, the the wolves and thinking, holy shit, they are definitely not. There's nothing 40k about them, as in mm. they, they were the models and everything was there and it looked cool, but it just didn't sit as 40k. And that's you. You're the one who basically it's your fault. I blame you. You're the one interested interest, uh, introduced me to 30k when I had a dwindling hobby budget as it was. Um, well, I but, hope you like that Navigator. Oh, I love that Navigator. That Navigator is not, is not getting painted yet because I, I am waiting till I have upped my skill on my airbrush to make that thing look just beautiful. Tasty. Um, that and the fact that I'm trying to find a way of actually introducing it to my Iron Warriors without making it feel like I've just rammed it in there. Um, <laughs> but I'll come up with something. I'm always creative with fluff. Um, well, you could uh, always use it for your militia instead I could, I could. It could be an interesting militia uh, militia ad, um, like a rogue psyker or something. Yeah, especially as it it would meet the um, the aesthetic for the uh, this the um, British military kind of the theme I'm going. And by meet the aesthetic, I mean it's got a long cloak on, and that's about <laughs> how that's about how the aesthetic would would blend together. Um, and a stick with an astrolabe on. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, give, that, give, give him a yeah. Sorry. I was going to say that famous uh, British insignia, the astronaut. <laughs> yeah, that's that's totally it. Um, <laughs> it's so British. It's um, right. I'm going to change the subject now because I'll just keep talking myself into a corner. Um, <laughs> not un- not unlike me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I remember se- I remember seeing your wolves and you were. I can't remember if you were starting on the fist or had started. I can't remember. But 
Damn, you've got up to what, 7,000 points, did you say now? So the fists are, yeah, a good 7,000 points, um, plus uh, many, many, many fortifications. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's the, the, the route, which are... Yeah, they're just a, a project. So what I've started doing is just kit bashing models because I can. Uh, so I've got some guys who who are using uh, the shields uh, from uh, the gore from the chaos set, yeah. um, and their axes and things like that. Um, so they're very pared down armor and using uh, heads from uh, chaos marauders, and so they're very gaunt and that sort of thing. So yeah, they they look yeah they look lean and dangerous. Uh, I think that's the look which I've been going for. I'm really quite happy with it. Proper nasty. Yeah, proper mm-hmm. nasty as the as the old uh, as, as Guy Ritchie would put it. Um, very cool, man. Very very cool. But I lo- I love to see how how I love to hear how big that army has gotten now. Um, <laughs> I remember you and I you and I talked a little while ago, and it was probably a good few months ago actually now via Facebook, and we mm. were talking about do- you doing uh you playing up a Warhammer world and um, doing a, a a fists list with some uh with a flyer in it if i remember rightly or at least a um the sky shield landing pad uh yes yeah, so I'm, I'm i may have now got um, on my third casters uh which means i can take them as a lot of war choice which is um reasonably rude um you think? so yeah um <laughs> and, and 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 the fire app to go with um and i may have accidentally invested in the Thunderhawk as well. So um, the, 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 the important thing about this is that um, it's a deep-striking army um, and has, has silly amounts of flyers in it, um, mainly because of the, the new flyer rules. Um, I've not played with them yet, but I intend to have lots of flyers when, when, when I actually have to do so. Is it the new new flyer rules? That mm, the new new flyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Death from the Skies ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to bring that to 30k, you bad man. Well, um, it, it, it's a different set of rules just to play with. Um, I, I tend to find that, yeah, if you're going to have the games and going to have fun, then, yeah, try something different. Try with a different set of rules. If they don't work for you, then leave them behind. But don't mock it before you've actually tried it. Sounds like a good motto to live life with. Yeah, yeah, I try. <laughs> but no, it actually uh, does sound like a lot of fun to see that see that on the tabletop and see how that would play out. Um, mm. We're gonna. I'm gonna have to get you to come over to Sweden, or I'm gonna have to come over to the UK, and we'll have to do a Iron Warrior um, Imperial <laughs> Fist matchup because it's not like most of the bases on my army have some sort of squished Imperial uh, squished Imperial Fist theming on it for that reason. Um, at I, all. I bet my yellow looks better. Ooh, <laughs> I will say you have more experience painting yellow, but you know I've I've seen Ambrosia custard before. I know how to paint yellow. It's, it's the way on the line. It's the way it is. It's how it's done. It's the it, you don't use Panatone colours. You use custard colour, custard powder matching. When it it's it's important um, that and using uh, Warlock purple, um, wet it down just to just to give it that warmth of colour. So it also looks like it's got rhubarb crumble in there. Perfect custard and rhubarb crumble. This is your this is your now patented. You heard it here first. Uh, method of how to paint Imperial fists: rhubarb crumble with custard. Right I like it. I really do. It's it's it is as we say the way forward. Uh, oh man, I miss these chats. They're too, they're too, they're too much fun. Um, so yeah, so you're you're a fist player. You're a wolves player. Um, where do you? I mean, you're now living. Uh, Reading. 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 So do you get mm-hmm. much uh, gaming in locally, or because I know you you frequent Warhammer World, maybe not huge amounts, but you you do play up there. Yes, yeah, probably. Um, I, I tend to. Um, uh, 
headed up to Warhammer World when there's sort of big big games and things like that uh, planned, uh, big weekends, um, just because yeah, it's 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 great to do so. So uh, we've done so for the Warhammer, uh, sorry, the, for the Horus Heresy Weekender. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've organised uh, getting tons and tons of people together uh, to go and play games of all sorts of different varieties um, up at those, and those have been great fun. Um, and yeah, just meeting up with mates because yeah, I've got friends in Stoke and um, in. Scotland, uh, all over the place, and therefore, yeah, it, it's it's a sort of central point which is useful for, for folk to come into. Um, but yeah, Reading itself um, has actually got a really really good thirty um, uh, k scene. Um, uh, so it's uh, one of my friends um, who's the most French person uh, I've ever met. Uh, his name's Julien. Uh, he's a chef um, and um, has an enormous beard. Um, it, it's bigger than yours. No, that's a lie. Yeah, that's true. It's true, it's um, and um, he, say, he says, Alex, uh, I will beat you with my world eaters, um, but more French than that, um, wow. and I, I know. Does he is. brush his teeth with camembert? I can only presume. Uh, yeah. It's probably why I want to kiss him quite so much all the time. Oh, um, fair enough, that can, that can be understandable then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so um, he's got his world eaters, and then um, a bunch of the guys that he's worked with in the kitchen, and they've all started playing, and uh, there's a, a, a fair number of different gaming groups uh, all around the sort of the Thames Valley area, um, and so yeah, get to get to get together and uh, play, and it, it tends to be um, that we've been playing in, in houses and, and that sort of thing, but there are a fair few gaming groups as well, which uh, um, I still haven't got around to going to, um, but that they they um, have good 30k scenes with them as well. So yeah, there's a lot of players around here, which is great. Yeah, um, yeah um, and yeah, I head over to South Wales quite a lot as well, um, where yeah, the 30k scene is great, uh, along with uh, the War Bastards of Swindon, um, who are glorious, glorious individuals. Cool. I have to get. I'm, I'm seriously. I know uh, Greg Dan uh, over at the Imperial mm. Treat. He's got an event coming up in the end of August. Okay. I think it is, uh, or beginning of August. I can't remember when it is. Um, at uh, Firestore Games in Cardiff, if, if I remember rightly. That's a glorious location. Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've heard very, very good things about that place. Um, but uh, there is sort of exceedingly tentative plans about possibly coming over there for a family holiday in time for that event. But um, <laughs> that all depends on how how crazy my my work schedule is this year, uh, especially mm. over summer, because you know, being a being working in the restaurant game, that's now. Um, very, very much a key time for us. But um, I'm, I'm not going to start talking about my job because that's not what we're here to talk about, even though it's barbecue food and therefore freaking amazing. Um, although, yeah, um, I have my reasons to make that even funnier, but we're not going to get into that now. Um, so, yeah, um, very cool, man. I appreciate appreciate the, decent, the introduction there. So what we're going to do is we're going to move along to um, our sort of usual uh, uh, update here Um, as we said before we started Chris Freddie and I started this by uh, just hanging out online and uh, chatting about what we were working on and that sort of stuff and then we sort of hit record after about the third time and that's where the podcast was born so uh, as the usual question is what's everybody working on this evening Chris do you want to take a take a start yeah I'm uh, trying to do the final clean on my Domitar that I won a while back yeah for the battery report challenge for the Lincoln yeah and I'm trying to clean him up and man there are a lot of miscasts on this model really oh, yeah, yeah and uh, some uh, quite some pieces that will need uh, a fair amount of green stuff repair but that's doesn't really matter because I was planning on converting him a bit anyhow. Well, that's not too bad then. At least it's not, you know, yeah. rebuilding the entire model as such. Yeah. 
So besides uh, cleaning him, I'm trying to not cut up my fingers with his scalpel because my ha- ha- yeah, my hands are a bit shaky today. I have no idea why, but they are. Have you had your absinthe yet? No, that might be the problem. That's probably it, mate. We're recording, <laughs> and you're not drinking. Come on, fix it. What? Yeah. I, I don't understand. Um, <laughs> I have water. What is, this, what is this non-alcoholic substance you talk about? Well, hang on, I know what you're talking about, but let's just be fair. That, you know, explain yeah. to others who don't. Who don't. It's the thing that comes out of the tap in the kitchen. Ah. Oh, that you wash your brushes in. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's been in a bottle in the fridge and then out again. So. Oh, you it's cold. It's you? cold water. It's cold water. Oh, you posh bastard, you. So, should we pass it over to our guest, then? I think we'll move on before we start to <laughs> crashing you for your drinking cho- choices. Yes, Lex, yeah. what are you working on this evening, buddy? Um, I'm working on a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, it's going down quite nicely. It was in the fridge also. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's in a glass as well, rather than a mug. You have got... You've changed, man. You've changed. <laughs> I, I, rem- I, remember the, I remember the old G&T Wednesdays where we were, take, we were drinking pint, pint glasses full of gin and tonic. And now you're, is, now you're drinking wine that... out of a glass. What the hell, man? You've changed. It's a pint glass. Oh, all right, then. I'll forgive you. So you can step up from the wine straight from the bottle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm, I've got a, a Leviathan, uh, which isn't going to build itself. Um, and uh, one of the things which I... Uh, learned uh, from a chap called Pasco, uh, who's also got his Iron Warriors actually, um, is uh, the epic basing is the way in the light. Uh, so uh, before I'm even clipping and starting to dry fit the Leviathan, I'm actually trying to build the base up with all the bits of scenery and everything like that around it, um, just to make it look cool. Uh, because, yeah, otherwise far too static. And uh, I think I'm going to probably go with, because the base is enormous, it turns out, uh, some of the, the pipe pieces um, from... Uh, uh, the, um, uh, the the Games Workshop set um, because yeah uh, I think Prometheum some of... Relay yeah yeah that's the one yeah wow. so a couple, a couple of bits of those on there and um, and then it's stepping through it or breaking it or something yeah it's gonna look good cool sounds very very awesome and which uh, which Legion are you painting that one up in have you decided yet uh, yeah so um, I think my wolves because well, whilst I've got the drop army for um, uh, for the fists um, I'm gonna go with uh, lots of walkers. Um, as the uh, the basis for um, my uh, for my wolves. Um, so at the moment uh, it's walkers and and um, and breaches. So I've got the uh, the three contenders, twenty uh, odd breaches, and uh, yeah, this Leviathan's going to then uh, sort of hold all that together. Um, yeah, well, literally put it on his back and carry it. You mean? <laughs> Very much. Uh, but I, I, I may have one or two knights as well, which um, one might be an ally to the other. I'll come up with something. It's going to look good. Lots of walkers on the field. Because there's nothing wrong with having having uh, two knights, is there? To be fair. Yes. Well, three knights is is is, is better. Yeah, or five. The more the merrier. Exactly. 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 Um, there's nothing that nothing that an atropos cannot fix. Um, in in my humble opinion. Okay, I, I'm not going to argue with that. I, I've never actually played with or against an atropos, but I've heard nasty things about what they do and. Um, if it does nasty things, it's it's always worth it. You will Absolutely. sooner rather than later. I, I think. will see. <laughs> that, that, I can't decide if that's a good thing or a 
if you if you that's a it's a you'll you'll see how much fun it is or you're going to see just how much it's going to hurt. Comment there, Chris. <laughs> well, we are playing the same side at events usually, or yeah. are going to. Uh, yeah, unless Freddy has his fun, which is uh, yeah always the way. But um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, that is true. We will end up playing on the same uh, the same side. So at least I'll see you hopefully pounding pounding the uh, enemies of the War Master beneath your guns, feet, and just giant stompy robot metal men. Yep. Which is very cool. And uh, as you mentioned, breaches. That that's an, there, Lex. It's a nice little segue onto what I'm working on this evening. Um, I am working on my uh, pledge for this month's uh, Global Heresy Escalation League. Uh, thing um, this is the 500 points for June I've finished my siege breaker he's all done he's he's almost dusted I've actually got to weather him and put transfers on but he's playable which is the important part and I think he looks pretty awesome um, he's so he's done and now I'm working on my 10-man breacher squad um, because I have a 1000 point so mortalis list for Scandus all written up and ready to go and i'm i'm not going to deviate from that pretty much and uh, i went well that's nice and easy for the first two months i will paint that up um and as i've got to order the ironclad dreadnought at some point um which uh <laughs> yeah you really need to yeah i really really do um because that's also part of the box dread, dread challenge that i've been taking part in um i'm just going to leave that silver actually um then it's uh it's it's got to be starting off with the breaches because I happen to have them and uh, yeah so I'm currently blocking out the main copper colours on my breaches and regretting picking all the areas that I've picked so far for painting copper because for some reason I didn't look well enough at the models and then went oh shit that wraps around the leg and that that's okay that just looks a little <laughs> silly being all on its own there so let's make the whole ch oh shit there's even more to paint there now. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I've had better days with the uh, painting choices, um, <laughs> but it looks cool. So fuck it, it's got to happen. Rule of cool, man. Rule of cool all the way. So yeah, that, that's what I'm working on. Um, and I, I've got to say, I've got some other hobby progress as well that I want to talk about briefly. Uh, oh, that same here, actually. Okay, well, do you want to go first then, Chris? Cause, uh, ah, you can, you can start. Oh, you're, you're, you're a benevolent co-host. I, I appreciate that very much. Um, I need another band-aid. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? It like, sounds like you're playing with a cat, let alone doing anything else. It's uh, the Dark Mechanicum, you know. Oh, yeah, blood for the blood god, blood for the machine, yeah. uh, machine god, whatever, blood somewhere. Just just pour blood on it when you're done, and then pour some more blood on just to be sure. More or less. Okay. More or less. Fair enough. Um, no, the uh, over the week I've uh, done a, a trade for a few bits with uh, Freddy, and I've picked up uh, three Lehman Russes. Uh, traded some Rogue Trader era um, land uh, rhinos, and I've got a Land Raider as well here, which he will be getting when I've uh, finished up with it. And uh, I got that, and I, I've sort of taken to replace—not uh, replacing, but reorganising my militia army thoughts. Thanks to um, especially Tim from the Iron Horus, who talked about this with quite a bit this morning. Um, and I'm going to be doing a, a Beastman militia force. 
Nice. Um, yeah, I, I've got. I've actually. This is kind of like my third army or my army. It's two point five army in my <laughs> my project. This with Iron Warriors being first, and then um, the plan is to sort of do a uh, human militia, which is very much um, sort of British esque uh, military styled berets and gas masks and stuff using some of the bits I've had from Chris for the from the uh, huh? Scion kits yep. and then finding models to give them long cloaks and uh, long coats and stuff like that and then um, the idea for that was to have uh, some levies made up of um, beastmen because nothing says uh, meat for the grinder like abhumans being pushed out in front of a lot of uh, um, very I don't want to say Nazi looking, but very SS looking um, guys. So big, not Nazi big... looking, but SS looking. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a fine distinction. Yeah, I know exactly. There's what the really no are. distinction there. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to backtrack away from that a little bit. Basically, yeah. <laughs> very um, very regimented um, guys. Human. Good way of putting it. I'll try. Uh, I'll. I apologise to anybody I may have offended. I will try and dig myself out of that somehow in the future. Um, but uh, yeah, seriously though, um, the idea was to have these guys be like the uh, abhuman levies that these guys are just feeding into the grinder, and then had a chat with uh, Tim from the Eye of Horus, and he basically showed me the light of how to turn what was going to be a very simple thirty-man um, inducted levy squad into. I now really want to go out and buy some more Beastman Battalion boxes so I can then start putting together um, different units using the Beastmen themselves. But uh, one step at a time, I will get the uh, the levy unit built up anyway. Um, lots of chain weapons and shields, I think, is the way forward. Um, so that they, they just look brutal. Um, and then they'll run as levies for my uh, my human militia. And then eventually they'll become their own militia force with uh, with minotaurs in, in the Ogrim role and that sort of stuff. Uh, proper battle cattle then. Oh, full, full on, full on, uh, full on attack cows. Yeah, um, <laughs> especially as I've got the old uh, metal doom bull. Oh, very nice. Uh, the big metal doom bull, and he is fucking huge. To be fair, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's up there with contemptor size um, as nice. a contemptor size model. So Obviously, if it would be useful at some point, I do have the uh, old Skullhead Minotaur. Um, yes. So just the just the head from it. So shout it, shout it if you want it. We'll do, mate. We'll do definitely. This is how this this is how my life goes at the moment. I talk to people about thirty k ideas. They say I could do this, and then I go, yeah, I'll have that, and then go. Why does my bank account feel lighter? Um, why, why why am I justifyingly probably getting stares from my wife? Um, <laughs> I thought that was why you got a job. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's, a, that's another hobby. point. I can, I've said this a couple of times, but I've now signed the contracts and paperwork. I now have fully contracted gainful employment. Yes. Woo-hoo! Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have a job. That's just sweet. I feel, I feel so grown up and shit now. Um, I might even put on clean socks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no need to get dressed. Well, no, <laughs> there, there really is, but at least I have to put a T-shirt on because I have to do headshots every now and then. But uh, <laughs> the rest is optional. T-shirt, t-shirt and a ball cap. Basically, t-shirt. Do you say t-shirt and a ball cap, not a bold cap? Ball. I was going to say bold cap. I'm already getting there myself. I don't have to wear a cap to make myself look more bold. 
Uh, it, w- it would be quite uh, surprising if you just put on a bald cap for the next uh, Farm Shack video, though. Yeah, I could do that. That could be quite hilarious. Uh, but actually, uh, a little segue, I actually filmed one today for an event that we, we're uh, going out to. And um, the first it's the first time I've not done one on uh, Facebook Live. So with Facebook Live, you kind of you kind of get a bit of an adrenaline rush. You've got to get it all done, and you try and keep your, your stuff together. But when you've got the ability to stop, re-record... You, you you completely forget what you're trying to say and go oh shit right oh god now I've got to stop and do it again. <laughs> so it's uh, it's an interesting process, but it's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's kind of what I've been working on uh, hobby wise and sort of getting going hobby wise this week. What about yourself, Chris? You said you had something else to add on there. Yeah, and it ties into what we're going to talk about next as well. Because I've been uh, working on a scenario for Son Mortalis for uh, our Escalation campaign. And it still needs a bit more work because it's quite unbalanced as it is. uh, (laughs) Nothing says stacking the odds like that, that sounds a bit. Well, it really, really needs to be more balanced. Okay. Because uh, otherwise people won't play it, basically. Yeah. And it's probably going to, since it's on our gospel station, that's the free-for-all part of uh, our campaign yeah so it will be up for the second part of the escalation league which is a thousand point ah, cool. games and that is i've for this mission i've actually made a custom custom terrain piece yeah and that is a small uh, what should you call it a buggy basically yeah that carries a death storm missile subtle <laughs> yeah that's the scenario Scenario objective, and uh, the the balancing factor is that it is actually possible to detonate it currently. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm ha- having to work out the warheads for it. <laughs> okay. The, but but you have to control it to get uh, victory points. Okay, so if you detonate it, you don't get the victory points. Basically, but neither can the neither can the enemy get the victory points. Fair enough. Fair enough. I could see how that could be that could lead to interesting conundrums. When yeah. Playing. So I've been so I've been working on that. Uh, it's basically made from bits from the plastic contemptors, the old metal version of the Thunderfire cannon, uh, the Death Storm missile. For, death, is it Death Storm or Death Strike? Death Strike, death, I think. Yeah, Death, death Strike missile from uh, the Imperial Guard kit, and uh, yeah, part of a whirlwind is on there as well. So it's been a bit of a hobby project, but it's more or less painted now. Cool. I'm gonna put up some images on it. That's my basically my true hobby po- progress, instead, and not just uh, building a dormitory. Yeah. You've you've seen the base at least, and uh, I have, and the base looks very cool. And you've actually yeah. published a, a post on it um, on our Facebook page. Yeah, at least on a version of it. That yeah. Because uh, this one will, since uh, since uh, the piece is finished, it, it will never be seen and uh, seen on its own again. Yeah, fair, fair point. It will be part of uh, part of a bigger thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So sadly, it covers up most of the base, but the base looks the base looked beautiful before I murder it with scenery pieces. Uh, yeah, it did, it did look very very nice. Actually, that's one other thing. Um, I know you've only said you've got one thing, but I just wanted to point out to uh, to our listeners that if you go onto our Facebook page and have a look, you'll actually see uh, one of Chris's recent blog posts on there about tanks and tank building converting, right. which is really <laughs> worth having a read of. Because it's, especially myself, I'm going to be 
converting up a uh, or two land raiders into a Spartan and a Typhon, respectively, in uh, the next couple of months. Um, I found it very intriguing, very interesting about how you've gone about doing things, and I would really recommend it to people to have a read of. Um, yeah, so I yeah, wish I had uh, done the same for my Medusa tanks, because uh, that was quite a lot more job in and working to those. Maybe maybe next time uh, when you build more Medusa tanks, because you know you'll 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 want more. You yeah. Know you, will. you know you will. Probably. Probably. You're gonna go for the full <laughs> Desert Storm Storm type of uh, strike team there. You know, all armored, all armored, and all, all shooting from a long way off. Yeah. I need one more because I only have two. So. Oh bless. You only <laughs> you only have two. Well, I can take three as a heavy support slot for it. Mechanicum, so. Or can or and should mechanicum. doesn't always mean the same thing. Well, you, you tried to convince me that already. Yeah, and I failed. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not going up that fight ever again. Um, so yeah, so that that is what we're working on, and that leads us into a nice little segue, as you mentioned, Chris, into what we're uh, what we're running at the moment, or what we're part of running, which is the. Scouring of Thungal Metallicus and yep. the Global Escalation Campaign. I know, right? Heavy metal, you've got to love it. Um, and uh, yeah, that is uh, the global campaign that's going on at the moment. And Chris, I'm going to hand that over to you because you, this is you're a big part of organising and getting stuff done on this. So Yeah, because I was... <laughs> to be fair, I was the only one that actually have time off at the moment. That's basically why I'm stuck with doing everything. Well, joke aside, it's actually going along quite nice, I think. It's uh, still in the early days, or early month, and 500 points isn't that much to work with when you're just starting. But I think people have started to log some, at least played some battles for the Sormatalis on Gospel that we've listed so far. Yep. And uh, we have 270 members in our Facebook group now. And you can just uh, search for the Global Horus Heresy Escalation and, uh, yeah, join us. Because it's a, it might be a close group, but that's just because it's easier that way. Yeah. <laughs> don't feel, don't feel frightened. Just uh, send a mess, send a message or send a, please add me or something like that. Yeah. I mean, if you put a join request on, most of us are online some time yeah. of the day around yeah. the world. And, you know, we're not going to we have anybody uh, particularly that I'm aware of anyway. We have admins from, uh, all, all of the major continents save Asia. So. so yeah, if there's an Asian 30k podcast that wants to get involved, please let us know, because that yeah. would be pretty awesome. And uh, as I said, we're still in June, and that's the reg- registration, list publication, and goals month. Basically, list your 500 points for the month and paint them, and just uh, enjoy the enjoy enjoy the Sword Mortalis games. Yeah. And I have had people. Uh, I, w- I went on uh, SketchUp paintings. Uh, headshot the other day and they had some questions for me and I'm gonna I'm gonna take up take up some of this time for, for them here as well Go for it. Uh, there were questions about do, if you could join without having to paint 500 points mm-hmm. or 500 points. and yes you can but it does make you ineligible for some of the prices I think we settled on and it's because it, the most important thing is that you're actually engaging with the community and playing games not that you have to if you don't don't want to or can't afford or don't have the time to build a 500 points army in June. 
you could, and you already have painted 500 points, you could play with them instead. But then you won't get the participation for painting, obviously. Yep. You can, still, uh, you can still log back to the ports, you can still join the ho- in that part of the hobby, and if you want to list 500 points for the next month to paint up, do that instead. Yeah, get, get involved, there are ways. Yeah. yeah. There is, uh, however, some, some, some rewards if you're joining the campaign for real. Yeah. And that's uh, each month there's a possibility to earn a character advancement from the campaign table in uh, Horse Heresy Book 4. That's the character advancement on page 218. You'll have to lift this, that one. Mm-hmm. That's only the character advancement, not the extra battlefield traits and whatever it is on the next page. Yeah. And uh, for, to unlock this, uh, you have to play and log f- at least three games in the month in the monthly at the monthly escalation level. Uh, that is like that is for this month for five three five hundred points for Mortalis games, or th- next month three three one thousand points for Mortalis games. For, yeah. And that's uh, yeah, then then makes you able to roll on that uh, table, and you can advance your character, make him more powerful. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Does sound cool. Um, yep. Gives me an excuse to break out the Zone Mortal Kombat sports. Which is never yeah, a bad it, thing. And it's also always nice to start at like 500 points at least, <laughs> especially if you have to paint it for a month. You I think the Leviathan in a Zone Mortal game should be good. So. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, cu- I'm currently on a five model Zone Mortal force for this month. So. Yeah. Freddy is on 60, I think. Yeah, well, Freddie Freddy was crazy enough to do Solar Auxilia, and I think I think Ryan Kimmel um, is doing a Militia Army as well. Uh, yep. I think his 500, he, he may be kind of regretting his 500-point um, list to start off with. Yeah, with the two-pointer model. <laughs> well, he has, has, a, has a general that takes up about half of these points, though, with, the, with the, all the... I think he added a general with uh, all the provenances and stuff like that. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me, to be fair. There's also not not only listed of there are some missions listed on us uh, 30k on our the Funko Metallicus page, but and then those are playable all through the campaign. Or there is a, a special one that's currently listed on the in the Facebook group and yeah. it's by by Sean of the Sister Initiative podcast and I edited it and wrote some fluff for it. So just so people know that I wrote a fluff for it. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's a data hunt. You're basically your goal is basically to capture and secure the data dro- drones that's that has gone loose in one of the lost areas of the but of the space station. Yeah. So you have the uh, you have uh, wandering automatons at the beginning of each player's turn. That player may move D3 servitors up to six inches in any direction. Roll for this every turn, and the servitors may not move into dangerous terrain or off the board, as their automatic hazard protocols will not let them. And then a model with a cybernetic cortex may elect once during its controlling player's turn to move a data servitor within 18 inches up to D6 in, D6 inches in any direction. The model does not need line of sight to use this ability. The same servitor cannot be moved more than once using this ability. So it's basically you have to secure the, the data 
drones, or whatever you want to call them, because that's how you model them, basically. Scutters. Scutters. Yeah. Hey, hey, Red Dwarf Scutters. Pan- <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, that's one version of doing them. <laughs> so that's you basically have to con- capture the most the most, uh, the most uh, drones for this uh, game, and uh, you have the secondary objectives that slay the warlord and attrition. But the most important thing is secure those drones. Sounds very mm. cool. Yeah. Does sound cool. So that's just uh, to make it a bit more themed. And uh, there will be occasional bat- uh, occasional battle zones and uh, missions that will be put up all through the campaign, all through the Escalation League, from each and every podcast that participates. Yeah. Mostly during their month, so to speak. Because I, I think it's... the uh, Northern Heresy next month. Yeah, I do believe they've got the next month from us. Yep. And uh, I cannot after that remember who's next. I have no recollection of that either, and it's bad because I should have. But anyhow... You really should, Chris, uh, really should. Uh, yeah, Northern Heresy might, I assume, might have something to do with Swamp Orcs. Yep. Actually, I would be surprised if they didn't mention Swamp Orcs in there. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be surprised, but that would be pretty cool just to see what they come up with. Yeah. So that's, that's very cool. Um, is there any more information we need to update the guys or anybody on the uh, on the escalation at the moment, or are we happy with that information going out? Well, currently there will be some price support. I could mention that, but that's not really anything that's. The particulars aren't really set down yet, so okay. we'll see what happens. We'll see what we happens. We can surprise with the prize support later on. Yeah. You will get the free chewing gum. You get a free chewing gum. And not a used one either. Wow, we're classy. It yeah. won't be a used one. Well, I'm just going to say like this. If you are just thinking of joining the campaign, you don't have to play, pledge just because you joined a Facebook group. Join a Facebook group, see what's going on. And if you don't feel like joining, don't. That's basically it. Yeah. If you feel like joining, you're welcome. And it might also be a good way to find events and uh, and people playing close to you if you look around on, in the Facebook group. Definitely. Yeah, one of the, one of the things that um, uh, we've got over on Crusade and Heresy, which is useful for that sort of thing, just a, a quick thing in there is um, there's a, a gamers map. So uh, I might see if I can tout that out to you guys because it's just a world map uh, in Google Maps which people can just drop where their game clubs and everything like that is. Very, very useful for finding games and those people have found it very, very handy. That sounds very awesome. And actually, so again, nice little segue. I like this. I like how these no, these things are coming out naturally. <laughs> nice little segue. Totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, this is like the most or, organized, disorganized system, uh, thing we've had. Um, episode. That's what I was looking for. Um that's yeah, really organized. Yeah, totally <laughs> organized, like words and shit. Um, going into talking about uh, Crusade and Heresy. So, you touched on it a bit earlier on. You talked about it a couple of times, actually, this evening so far. But, Lex, t- tell us a bit about uh, Crusade and Heresy, where it started off. Because this is, this is um, I-, I don't know numbers, but it's not a small community online as far as 30k is concerned. Um, no, no, it's it's uh, seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred people on there now. I think somewhere in that sort of. So tell us about it. Um, yeah, so um, I say um, there was my my old gaming group in in Swansea uh, called Tea Makers and Wound Takers. Very British, I, I find. 
Um, uh, anytime that uh, things happen, uh, you could gain wounds or lose wounds, um, mainly depending on whether you were holding a cup of tea or not. Um, and uh, yeah, all my all my heresy stuff was was getting lost in the long grass. Uh, so what I did was to, yeah, just start this little page, which I thought I'd just put my models on, and uh, yeah, it was it was going poodling along nicely. Some friends had done some like wood bearers and some other bits and pieces, and they put their stuff up. Some dark angels went on there. Um, they got heckled for being traitors, but and, as is as is the way. Um, I think it's fair, but, to, fair to say they're definitely fence sitters, if nothing else. <laughs> Um, and then, and then the first heresy weekend happened, um, and so we, we sort of went along. I was one of the few people who actually had an army uh, at that first event, um, and yeah, people wanted to see more models, more, more what people were doing, uh, get involved, see how uh, the, the, the community was hanging together. And so, from sort of uh, ten of my mates who just fancied looking in on the models I was putting together occasionally, um, there were a few hundred people then came along at, at that first. Um, first weekender, um, and from there it's just grown. Um, it, it's 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 been this wonderful community because we we've got together on a number of occasions just to uh, play play games, play drinking, play watching rugby and Wales losing, um, and all sorts of really fun things, especially the Wales losing bit. Um, and <laughs> <clears throat> yes. That one. <laughs> that one um yeah and and so it, it's 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 been great um we've got um yeah, a, like a few competitions which, which we run occasionally um because uh, i get models of, which i have no idea how i'm going to use the bits for and, and then decide well yeah actually let's let's put it up for, for prize support because yeah just getting people to write, write scenarios getting people to paint things um which are just different from the norm um is is fun and it's it's a really really nice and an inclusive sort of uh, bunch of people, um, uh, which is effectively the same sort of thing that I used to have back with my um, my group of friends who were all there in the same place. Um, uh, you'd be a bunch of guys sitting around a table uh, talking about models and having a bit of banter, and it, and it, it still feels it, it's got that sort of same sort of level. And that's why, yeah, keep it going. Um, my models now still keep getting lost in the long grass, so I never know where where everything is and can never find any of my posts. But um, it's it, it's <laughs> I've start another one with something else, um, but yeah, it's 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 really positive, and engaging, and um, and a, a really nice bunch of folk. Yeah, I I can't uh, talk it up enough because uh, again, before I, I officially dipped my toes into the thirty k universe with uh, Betrayal at Kalth Box, I, I kind of lived vicariously through Crusade and Heresy. Um, and... Long time watcher, first time poster. Oh yeah, well, long time watcher, for not so long time heavy mouth breather, and um, yeah. First, the first time poster. Um, it was uh, it's a very cool little group that sort of started up and uh, kept growing. And it's for me, from what I've seen, it's becoming a really good resource for the hobby in general. Um, like you say, people, not just the sort of the competition stuff on driving people with with painting, but just just the chat alone mm, really mm. seems to be growing stuff there. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it, it's one of the very few. Um... Facebook sites, which I've seen, which needs it, it's such a light hand on the modding and things like that, because everybody's very, very, very positive about everything that's going on. They, they want to be engaged, they want to talk about it, um, and that's one of the things which I particularly like about um, sort of the heresy stuff is that um, everybody just wants to get on and, and do and enjoy. Um, 
I mean, there, there, there are occasional sort of dissenting voices, um, and uh, one of the things which I, I try to um, steer people away from is um, that the heresy is that much better than 40k, and they, they are the master race or anything daft like that. Um, because yeah, anything negative that just detracts from what everybody else is doing. Um, and so yeah, we get we get all sorts of people coming along, and um, tons of people posting wonderful, wonderful, amazing painted models, um, and. And it just drives me on to then then do better stuff. Um, there are some amazing painting uh, guys who've worked for worked for uh, the the studio um, who because they've almost got their break on on getting people into their painting courses. Um, they then post up on uh, on Crusade and Heresy before a, a couple of days before anything else goes up there, uh, which is a, again this really nice payback sort of thing. So uh, people put into the community and then and then they get stuff out, and yeah, it's it's really enjoyable because of that. That's really cool to hear, man. Really, really cool. I, li- I like the sound of that, and I, I think that's uh, that can only be praised um, as far as the uh, the community is concerned, and. If if you're listening to this and for whatever reason you do you're not on Crusade and Heresy, the the Facebook group, go and take a look at it. It's Crusade and Heresy, search it, join. It is worth it. Start posting your stuff up there. Let people mm-hmm. see your work and the bottom area. Yeah, definitely. And they 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 are they are all good people on there. I've not I I've not seen uh, too much. And like I said, I've been sort of skulking in the corner for a while. <laughs> I've not seen too much would ever ever make me question it. And uh, unlike a number of 40k groups that I'm part of, um, <laughs> which seem to descend into uh, oh my god the prices, oh my god this, oh my god that, every other goddamn post. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm knocking on 40k because I still play, but still there there is a degree where you just want to go, dudes, seriously, shut the fuck up. Um, or please, please search the posts or go back through and add to that. Um, yeah, Christian Heresy has been nothing but positive. So really well done on that one, mate. Yeah, cheers. Um, uh, yeah, anybody's welcome. Come along and play. Yeah, I just had a look at the Crusade and Heresy player map. Mm. And there is a stark lack of players in Sweden. That's right, registered. <laughs> There's well, we're going to have to fix that. F- five posts, and one of one or two of those are actually stores. Mm. So yeah, I mean, it, it was useful. I thought to put stores on there as well. So yeah, of course. Folk knew where they could go and either buy or play or yeah. or that sort of thing. But yeah, um, I, I know there's a great great scene out there in Sweden that Joe's been telling me about quite a lot. And yeah, I've got to come out and play at some point. And uh, right, I presume there's going to be more than the three of us. So oh yes, there is most definitely going to be more <laughs> than the three of us. But Sweden, Sweden heresy players, come on guys, pull your finger out, get on, get on to Crusade and Heresy if you're not there already. Update the map. If we can, we will see if we can get it linked on our Facebook page as well, so you can get along and get involved there. Um, stake your, stake your part of the uh, 30k territories, and um, you know, let people know where you are because, uh, as the the Aussies would say, dudes looking for dudes is never a bad thing. Um, <laughs> as long as it's fully consenting, and um, um, you, you both have models and, and play the game as well, that's always a good start. Yeah, and looking at the map, and I know how many players there are between where I live and Stockholm and a bit further north. There's way more players than zero that's listed on the map than that's including <laughs> me because I'm not listed either. Shocking, Very Chris! Awful. Shocking, Chris! Shocking. Get on with it. <laughs> Fix it. 
You should you should have been on there like five years ago. Come on, make it happen. Yeah. And I'm not listed on there either, so I've got I've got nothing to say about this. <laughs> I just like to give there, people there, shit. There, there are, however, someone listed on uh, the Faroe Islands, and I, that's not really sure how big I've seen there's on the Faroe Islands. Well, that's pretty awesome, if nothing yeah. else. Faroe Island 30k scene is alive and well. That's pretty. I, awesome. I, I hope they've got podcasts which we can uh, which we can tune into. If if they don't, we will help. We will get them on here and we will give them a voice. Because do it. That that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> I want that to happen so badly now. <laughs> we have to find out who this is and see if we can find them. And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. A little bit of Facebook stalking never never hurt anyone. That, that can be proven. Um, and um, yeah, we'll see what we can get done. Um, but very cool, man. Very, very cool. And uh, yeah, I hope that Crusade and Heresy goes from strength to strength. I know one thing that you do, and I, I particularly love, is that you, you've gone out of your way to engage, uh, just like our, our brothers down at the uh, Forgotten Legion, you've gone out of your way to engage um, artists as well in getting uh, stuff commissioned for, <laughs> for things. Um, uh, I have a, another personal story for... Uh, for those of you listening, uh, Lex is responsible for getting me into this hobby and to one of the other bigger hobbies in my life, which was live role-playing, or live, as it's called in Sweden. And, I'm a keeper uh, of many shades. Yeah, we, 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 that's, we, we, yeah. I'm not going to go into the story of how we met because, you know, legal reasons <laughs> and, and the, the court records are still sealed. Um, but um, basically, uh, we for a Christmas present several years ago, um, Lex commissioned an artist to uh, do some character sketches of our LARPing characters and some several other friends as well and they are absolutely fucking amazing and um, you've used him as well for the stuff for Crusade and Heresy if I'm right. Yes, yeah, so um, a, a lot of long-time Heresy fans probably know the guy. Um, so he's uh, Nicholas Giacindino. Uh, he's an Argentinian artist. Um, that previously went along uh, the lines uh, on DeviantArt as Arian the Faithful. Uh, so probably best known for um, his work on the Primark series, which he did. Um, a while back, um, with the sort of the individual character sketches of um, his interpretations of the different Primarchs. Um, beautiful, beautiful bits of work, um, and a lovely, lovely guy. Um, and yeah, so uh, what I wanted to do was, uh, I thought, because we've got Crusade and Heresy, that, that sort of almost represented the, the sort of the two sides uh, of um, uh, the Emperor's Dream. So the Emperor's Dream being the Crusade, and then Horace's uh, Heresy in there. So uh, we, we, I, I commissioned some art. Um, which was um, uh, an imperial aquila uh, with the, the picture of Earth um, in the center of it, and then a cracked version with the eye instead of uh, instead of the Earth, um, which I'm very very happy with. <laughs> um, and then yeah, um, the emperor looking out over um, his legions, and then the Horus uh, looking out over his uh, on white and black shirts. So um, yeah, they, we got t-shirts out of it, and they've been the artwork's been used for. Uh, all sorts of gaming groups and people have just asked if they can borrow it and, and use it because, yeah, art should be out there. Uh, so if, if anybody wants some cool art, um, then I've got the originals, uh, which I'm quite happy with, <laughs> framed it on a wall. But uh, anybody's more than welcome uh, to, uh, yeah, to, use, uh, to use the, uh, the images um, as long as they uh, give Nick the due and say that quite how good an artist he is because he is absolutely amazing but yeah look him up um, um uh, he's on deviant art if you look up arian the faithful um or even primark uh, images then you'll find him uh, really really good stuff 
I think if we we get the opportunity, we'll uh, we'll see if we can get that linked up on our Facebook page as part of our post episode uh, sort of mm. gallery stuff because his work is absolutely flawless. Um, I happen to have his version of Perturabo, a, a version of the image on my phone, and I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> it really was actually it was his image uh, of Dawn, um, which inspired me to do my imperial fists uh-huh. uh so his his image of dawn uh, gotta look it up but uh, he's got um the biggest um motorbike uh mustache uh in blonde looking just enormous so um that meant that then after that every single one of my imperial fists um, had to have a gigantic mustache um, <laughs> helmet on. that's just fair enough really Follow the team. Sounds like a YMCA, like like the cover of a YMCA um, single, but you know, it's more Orange County Choppers. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, Um, but it does mean I've converted up my Dawn um, before the rules came out. So um, he's got uh, Dawn's Arrow, the 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 gun that uh, Pedro Cantor uses, um, but a bigger version of that. And then he's got the the hammer. uh, uh, Is it Fist of Dawn, uh, which Lysander uses? Yeah. yeah, and so armed like that, he's he's an absolute beast. Uh, and then the rules came out. <laughs> but I'm sure at some point he will get um, a, a very big hammer, um, and uh, the mustache will will ride again. Uh, he he's at least sporting a chainsaw that has some qualities to it now. They've actually changed his rules. Oh yeah, no, it's no longer unwieldy. Thank goodness for that. No, it's has it got like sweep attack or something? If I remember right, it's right? got sweep attack. Yeah, so it's no longer unwieldy and it has a sweep attack as well. So yeah. It's, it's finally worth him you know, being useful. Although, yeah, um, well, I mean, he's 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 always been useful in my mind um, because he's this massive support character. Which um, so he's, whilst he's not toe to toe with everybody else, uh, so he's no, he doesn't have a Dawnbringer or anything like that, and he can't murder people in the same way that Horus can. Um, uh, but he he's this support character where he just buffs your entire army, and um, so yeah, every combat that any of your guys are in. Um, they get add one to the combat. It's great, um, and and all sorts of other things which make him that uh, this, this central piece to an army which is sitting behind these massive walls, and all the all the all these pieces are bigger as well. So yeah, you're getting additional saves on uh, on your uh, age defense lines and, and and that sort of thing. Um, and then when people charge you, you're winning combat before it even starts. So definitely, that's pretty brutal. That that can't mm, be argued. Mm. That's pretty brutal and um, very very useful. Very useful indeed. Um, but I, I, I look forward to seeing the official model for him at some point as well. Oh, don't I just? But now, now I'm, I'm now waiting on Russ coming out, and he will be the first Primark that I, that I purchase, and I am happy with that. Oh yes, and that is a, also a gorgeous model. So mm. you're not losing yeah. on either side there, basically. No, no, definitely not. I think you can't go wrong with buying a Primark anyway, really. No. Well, unless it's unless it's Petrarca, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fuck you guys! He stole my Primark's hammer, basically. Your pro- oh, uh, oh, oh, oh yeah, your your, pro- your Primark lost his head. That's not our fault. Yeah, I actually have it magnetized. <laughs> Is the magnet <laughs> up the other way so it just floats above it? Or? No, sadly, sadly, I couldn't make it levitate because it, it didn't have a technology small enough. But <laughs> that's the... <laughs> oh dear, disembodied head of uh, Ferris Manus. That would be pretty cool. I should just put it on a base and use it as a servo skull for my Mechanicum. <laughs> no, I'll just put it on a base and use it as a wine goblet holder for Fulgrim. Mm. Then I have to buy Fulgrim. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Freddy wouldn't mind you doing that for him. I can take Freddy's full room. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, okay, so <laughs> I think it's about time that we, we move on and talk about the news, because there have been some releases this week. Which is yeah. uh, always nice to talk about. Not only have you seen, have we seen the pictures for the upcoming uh, uh, new event only miniature and the uh, special release miniature, which uh, talk, uh, talk about last yeah, time, which we talked about last time, and talk around the uh, the the water cooler. Just touching it quickly um, is maybe a herald to the release of the Betrayal of Kalth stuff in their, its own box sets, um, NGW stores, which could be awesome well it oh. would make sense for them doing that so it probably won't happen no, so well, uh, let's be fair they've been doing some stuff recently that's um that almost does make sense but we'll, we'll come to that in a minute um so yeah let's see what what's chris what's out there at the moment what's what's new well uh, the newest releases so the latest releases are the four sets of legion dice that were available at uh, the warmer fest was, yeah. was, and that's the Emperor's Children, Death God, Alpha Legion, and Sons of Horus ones. Yeah. And they have the Legion symbol on the six, Woo-hoo. which is the good part. And that's uh, what is it like sixteen dice in a box? Or something? Yeah, for it's they're basically they work out one one British pound per dice. Yeah. Which so um, twelve kroner per 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 dice. <laughs> dice. Not yeah. that bad. Actually, I think it's about the same want, sort of price as Chessex, if I remember rightly. Yeah, if you want your Legion dice, just go ahead, because they're actually had in a bulletin the other day. Some more Legion dice previewed. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. There's Night Lords, World Eaters, uh, Iron Warriors, and I can't remember who else is on that one. But somebody Word else. Bears. Word Bearers, Word that's bear. it. And then we have, uh, speaking of uh, World Eaters, they got a new transfer sheet. Yeah, some Holly Goodwin, uh, Holly Goodwin love. Yeah, and those transfer sheets are so good. Yeah, and they have the they have the Legion symbol in a rust color with an actual planet inside of it. Oh, color that actually have a continents and clouds and stuff on it, not just an outline of a planet. The the detail level is just insane on those things. Mm. Yeah, I've been using on. I've been using so many different on my Mechanicum for not, for last po- the past month month actually the I have yep. the some several Titan ones because they're beautiful. Yeah, I was I was about to say I mean, I've got the um, the uh, Legio Graphonicus ones um, for my night house um, and yeah, oh, they're just yeah. just astonishing. Mm. I bought uh, the the generic Titan one uh, Legio Mortis one. And uh, Lydia Furion one, mm. and those are—they're just beautiful, and you can use them even though they are a specific symbol, if you're not using them as a main symbol, basically. Mm. Mm. And I've—I've I've got the—I uh, will say I've got the Iron Warrior ones, and they are for something as as free, uh, Legion that's as plain it can be plain and utilitarian. Um, those transfers just make everything stand out i mean they really are awesome the level of yeah. like there's like weathering and detailing on even the smallest skull which will go on a shoulder pad and yeah. it's just like that's insane and it, it's beautiful don't you know it's, it's not a bad thing yeah. i'm not complaining but my god it's insane at the same time now we have the second 
uh, transfer sheet that's out yep. on that. Or rather, they are pre-order products, but they will be out when this episode hits. Yeah. Because the ship's from the 17th of June. Yeah. And that's the Sons of Horus transfer sheet. Ooh. That's uh, loads of Eye of Horus, basically. <laughs> and some Chthonian runes. I like the 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 addition of the runes in there. Um, yeah. Because it's... Uh... It's it's I don't know how not being a Sons of Horus uh, fluff master I don't know how uh, how important it is to have them but I mean it's nice to see other runes and I'm hoping they're going to do the same for like Space Wolves. Yeah, they well. went after after the Heresies or after the War Master went rogue they basically fell further and further from their clean legion image yeah. and went back to the tribal ways of... Uh, so the gang colours and everything like that. Yeah. 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 They are basically gang symbols or clan symbols and stuff mm. like that. That's why they started to wear skulls tied to their belts again as well. Yeah. I just like the thought that there there are more of these um, runic symbols coming in. I think that's more the thing is seeing the runes come in and the whole <laughs> and what they tie to is kind of awesome. Uh, yeah, I've still got some of the. Um, uh, if, if folk remember the Thirteenth Black Crusade, uh, oh, yeah. when you have the, uh, the the transfer sets for the walls from that, so uh, the Thirteenth Company uh, uh, transfer yeah. sets. Um, I'm, 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 I don't want to start cutting them up to start using them on my walls, but I, I think they look really, really good on them, and it, I'm, I'm hoping there'll be stuff sort of along those lines which are going to come out with the walls ones. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to. To seeing what they do with the next sort of couple of sets of uh, things, because we'll, we're going to hopefully, obviously, see the uh, the Thousand Suns ones as well, which look very, very cool. I expect. Yeah, I mean, there were some. I think there were some glimpses of the Thousand Sun transfers uh, from the Battle Bunnies site when they went to Warhammer Fest, if I remember rightly. Oh, probably. Awesome. Yeah, probably. I, think, I think there were some, and it's worth worth having a look at because, if I remember rightly, there were some beautiful shots there. Um, but uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing what they they finally produce with the Thousand Suns because that's that's got some serious potential from for pre- uh, prettiness, if nothing else. <laughs> um, I, I, just as a segue, um, uh, when travelling around the country, going to places, driving around with my missus, uh, we tend to l- listen to audio books whilst we're in the car, um, if we're not chatting away about all sorts of things. Um, and um, so we've just finished listening to uh, Thousand Suns, um, and so. Uh, Christina, my other half, is very enamoured with uh, uh, all things Thousand Sons and can't understand <laughs> why Magnus is, is this pariah. Um, but it does have to get to the point where I'm explaining things as we're going along because we have to stop the book and she'll have a bunch of questions and then we'll carry on and, and that, that sort of thing. Um, and so now we've just started Prospero Burns. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, the, the Remembrancer has just had his eye put out. <laughs> and but we almost crashed the car at that point. I said, what? Why? Why did he do that? Well, <laughs> um, and, and it's, it's it's just wonderful. So um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to those legions being as good as they are in those books, uh, in in the models and, and the rules and everything. Which I have I have no doubt they will be every face every face every face with with Forge World. I've got every faith in that being the case because mm. they just do beautiful beautiful stuff. Um, but yeah, those. Uh, those transfer sheets and those dice look freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, they really do. And again, it is something I would love to invest in at some point. Is that those Iron Warrior dice when they come out? Because, uh, yeah, there's there's nothing as cool as uh, rolling your own Legion dice around, I don't think. Oh, I'd, I'd like to one-up you on that. Oh, um, I thought you would. 
<laughs> at the first Horace Heresy Weekender, uh, mm. one of the things that everybody got one of in their bag yeah. uh, was a single dice. And on the one and the six was either the Eye of Horus or uh, the Unification um, Eagle. Um, so you can choose. Um, so I play Imperials, so therefore the six is, is the Eagle and, and the Eye is the one. Um, but friends of mine who play um, on the other side, um, the Eye is the six and the Eagle is the one, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite fun. Um, but yeah, uh, just as, a, uh, as an aside, if anybody has any, uh, which they, uh, they don't want anymore, uh, I, I'm willing to take them off their hands. Uh, please contact me at your nearest convenience because... Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty rare uh, and probably not one pound of dice anymore. I, I would think not somehow. <laughs> but on, on the other hand, couldn't you do the same thing with those mod cubes that were kickstarted last year? Or probably could, but they're a bit, bit big for rolling dice. Ah, it depends on what you want to do with them. <laughs> well, if you own a Warlord Titan, they'd probably be to scale, but you know. Yeah. Also, speaking of the transfer sheets. I took a look at the Battle Bunnies uh, website, yeah. oh, and, they, yeah. and I'm currently looking at the previews of the Space Wolves and the Thousand Suns Legion decals sets. Sorry, I'm going to have to leave this podcast now and go and look at those. Um. <laughs> it's totally understandable. Well, you tell you what, you click away in the background there while we finish off this uh, <laughs> this next bit. But um, the, the other thing that's uh, that's cut, that's new and literally dropped today, the day we are recording is the news that uh, White Dwarf is going from a weekly to a monthly publication again. Yes. Thank the gaming yeah. lords. Because, you know, I, I have no idea. In fact, I I expect zero impact on, on the 30k universe from this. <laughs> but I'm, I must admit that I actually did buy a couple of White Dwarfs last year when I went to school in Stockholm. And that's mainly because uh, Games Workshop were on the way between the subway and uh, the station, if I went, depending on which stairs I went up from the subway station, basically. <laughs> and, well, I could go in here and just idle a bit, because there's one, and a, one hour or one and a half hour left until my train leaves. Yeah. So that's just, hey, I'm going to buy a white dwarf, then I finish reading it in like 10 minutes, because there were no content in it, then I got pissed off. Yeah, I've, I've actually got probably about eight to ten of them, if not a few more. But for me, it was like, oh, I'm interested in this this particular release, so I'll pick this one up. You know, that was because, again, yeah. was a 40K player mainly. Um, so I did later when I just bought them for the iPad. Yeah, so, I bought them for the iPad as well. Didn't like it. I don't, I mean, I like the interactive books. I don't like the were, White Dwarf content, the White Dwarf really, on there. They were really bad uh, PDF versions, basically, yeah. because you didn't get the proper formatting on the that you get from the books. Yeah. I, I was never a big fan, but yay for White Dwarf coming back with uh, words of battle reports and hobbying content and all the good stuff that we those of us who started the hobby way back when will remember from the original White Dwarfs um, and then moving on through pretty much all their incarnations up until they went weekly. Um, it's a nice um, return. The monthly weren't that good the last few years either, though. No, but it I was think... 50-50 ads and nothing ads and watered-down content. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that they've uh, they're, they're they're changing that now. That's my my genuine hope is that that they're going to start putting more uh, active hobby content in there. I think is the, the phrase. One of the things that 
uh, one of the things I saw earlier today um, was uh, Andy Hoare, um, obviously, uh, Forge World. Um, he's uh, put up um, a post about uh, a GW position uh, for a content editor. Um, so it looks like uh, they're going to be having uh, an online um Content uh, which is player, I'm sorry, player, uh, community driven, uh, but uh, moderated by uh, GW. But then, um, hopefully, that sort of thing, um, as they've done with bringing back the Forge World site and that, and that sort of thing, is going to then progress and become more apparent in the magazines and things like that as well. So, that would, so I think that very that would be genuinely awesome if that's the case. And I think it's, I think this is another positive step in not the rebuilding, but definitely maybe the refocusing of GW a little bit. Um, and it's you know I mean to be fair a lot of the decisions they've taken over the last couple of years have been very very business focused Um, if you step back from it as a hobbyist and actually look at it from a business point of view you can kind of understand why they've done what they've done but um, you know and then you put your hobbyist eyes on and go bastards Um, (laughs) but uh, now it seems that they're kind of bringing the balance back the other way which is very good to see um, at least that's how I interpret it, and that's how I cho- choose to interpret it, and that's how I intend to interpret it until they piss all my dreams later. Uh, positivity, positivity in your gaming, man. Yeah. It's, it's where it's at. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the uh, the way forward, basically. Um, so yeah, White Dwarf going week, going monthly from weekly. Thank the Lord. Um, let's just see what happens, and I won't be. I will be very happy if we start seeing um, some genuine love towards Forge World products and content in there as well. I like that would be very nice. So yeah, now we're going to move on to a uh, regular piece now. And as Freddie's not here, technically it'd be Freddie's turn to produce a list uh, for us to have a chat about. Um, so Christopher, you've got something we can we can step in and have a chat about this week. Um, yeah. So what's what's uh, what's the list? What's the concept? And, and uh, you know, what's the sort of fluff angle behind it? This is uh, for the third part of the escalation campaign. That's mm-hmm. the fifteen hundred points where we move from uh, Sonotalis only to Sonotalis and the raiding and uh, raiding from book four, the raiding missions. Yeah. And there you can have a raiding, a raider force org, and you can have a garrison force org. Cool. And you should probably build one list of each. So this is my raider list. Okay, so this is the and offensive it, list, effectively. Yeah, and it's a bit of a work up from the the first list, actually. Okay, go for it, bud. Yeah, I'm just gonna remove because I'm in battle scribe and had everything on, so I have to remove. Uh, all the extra bits so I can actually read it. That's always useful. Yeah, and then we have my Magus, and he's got a quite a promotion since the first uh, incarnation. He's now an Arc Magus Prime, still a Malagra, mm-hmm. with a uh, Ogre kind of gin skein, Machinator Array, Mustcraft single weapon, Melta bombs, Paragon blade, Paragon blade, Face plus a Mafusil, and he's joining a unit of Myrmidon Secutors. Ooh. And that's a Myrmidon Lord with a Graviton Gun and Face Plasma Fusil, and two Myrmidon Secutors with a Graviton Gun and Volkite Charger each. And they're in a Triarus Armored Conveyor. And then I have my Text Priest Auxilia. Auxilia. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, two Order Reductor <laughs> Adepts, 
One is a Mogos Auxilia upgrade, so it's a bit hardier. And they have uh, conversion beamers, both of them. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because Sitting in the yeah. backfield and blowing holes in things. Yeah. Yeah, very much. They, so. have, they have four ablative wound servitors as well. <laughs> um, yeah, you, can you take um, the heavy boulder ones or anything like that with them at all? Or? I could if I had the points. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably work around so I could add some points, but we, we can get to that. Mm. But I have, I have a 50-man uh, uh, Adsecularis Covenant with uh, Carapace Armor, Frag Grenades, and Rite of Pure Thought. And uh, two units of uh, Talax with uh, the Destructor Upgrade, Photon Thrusters, and Melta Bombs. And because I had some spare points, there's a uh, Primary Lightning Strike Fighter with Battle Structure Control, Ground Tracking Auguries, and 3 times 2 Kraken Penetrator Heavy Missiles. Yes, spare points. Ain't they good? There, there might be some change-up for the actual loadout for the Lightning Strike Fighter, because it could do with either Fossex bombs or some uh, Sun Fury missiles instead. Yeah, you really could. So, thoughts? Um, <laughs> ouch. Yeah, yeah, that's the initial one that comes to mind. Um, um, very much so. Uh, especially with the um, the Primaris Lightning Strike Fighter in there. Because um, that's pretty much going to own any piece of armor at that that's, point level. That's actually oh, brought on as a, for the theme, because it's a raider mm, army. Mm. Because it's uh, supposed to, basically, some of them set up while the other ones advance and attack. And then you have the flyer that comes in and deals with uh, any resistance, basically. Kind of ride the Valkyrie uh, style. Yeah. They have a resistance. So that's the team the theme for this uh, army. Was it 1500? Did you say? Yeah. Tasty. Yeah, it's very very cool. So how? I mean, how how do you see the units playing out? Well, uh, basically the Magus and so I have to start on the table with his bodyguard. Yeah. And hopefully <laughs> get the the tech priest and the tech trolls on the table as well, because all the other ones can deep strike. So it should be helped with the gene scan custom. You're right there, Lex. A minor issue of phone falling down off the edge of the table as I was trying to clean off a uh, a piece of flash. Oh, okay. Very sorry. Sorry about, that, sorry about that, Chris. I just thought our guest might have dropped dead on us, and you know, it uh, would be a first. Quite, so we'd have to mark it on Facebook. We'd have to, I'll try uh, to avoid that wherever possible. Yeah, well, if you had dropped dead, I thought we'd have to mark it with a Facebook post or something, so I just wanted to check. <laughs> it's how I'd want to be remembered. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Anyway, sorry, Chris, back on. You were saying uh, Mag- Magos and his bodyguard and the uh, tech priests and tech the thralls tech, on the yeah, board? Uh, the tech priests only will make an impact if they are on the table early and ha- ma- might get a line of sight on anything because they have the... Conversion beamers. Mm. They, they they can be used uh, on more close range, but uh, they're quite useless, really, if they're not on the max range. Yeah. Mm. At the, least the, on uh, the tech priest, they can be used uh, on short range on the Magus, though. Yeah. yeah. Fair point. Okay, so yes. Yeah, so it depends which way you're playing down the board as well, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're playing short end to short end, you've got a bit of use for them. Yeah. So, so anyway, those guys are starting on on the uh, on on the field of play, on the field of battle. 
Mm-hmm. And then from that point, you're hoping to bring in anything in particular order or just whatever you can get in will come in? Well, that's uh, that, that depends because it depends on mission as well, though. But uh, there's always uh, a good, good idea to get some of it, uh, basically the infantry on when it's needed. and Because uh, I might need the lightning on faster and then the thalax because it has the ability to really kill tanks yeah whereas the thalax have the ability to kill tanks not really kill tanks so to speak mm. doesn't they don't they don't have any cracking penetrators that's what i'm saying they're not packing the one hit boom shot yeah not packing six yeah, they've got the melter bombs in there but uh, yeah, and yeah. They, they have they have the tank hunter as well so there's no boom headshot mm. baby kind of moment there with them is what you're saying yeah. They're good for light tanks. Uh, so yeah. rhinos are going to stuff in have, front of them. They have the yeah. strength 6 AP2 photon thrusters as well with uh, heavy yeah. 2 lots. Yeah, and that, tank that, that will hurt. So they can still kill stuff. It just uh, If you want to kill tanks re- reliably, what do you want to bring on, basically? Yeah. <laughs> so that's basically it. It's a, a small force that will get reinforced... Uh, because they are they're a raider force. They're not supposed to stay in the fight for long. Yeah. They're supposed to hit more hit and run, and that's hard to do with uh, Mechanicum if you play Order of the Doctor mainly. I've got to say something. I, I'm seeing a bit of a, a bit of a, color, a bit of a correlation between this and other aspects that we've talked about before. You've got a real thing for sort of snatch and grab tactics, haven't you, Chris? Yes. Yep. Just just to well. Look. There, there's nothing wrong with using snatch and grab tactics with a primary focus on tanks. No, the, not that. Or, or, or abducting <laughs> people and dressing them up as elves, Spencer. We need to yeah, see these that, pictures. That actually, I thought I saw a conversation of that earlier, and that Spencer doesn't seem that adverse to doing that for us. Well, good lad, good lad. We want to see that happen. And I love the 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 reason I use a malagra for the. Magus is because I mainly because I like him and that I have to. I am using the Malagra Magus for the entire escalation campaign anyhow. Yeah. So I don't want just to change him up and give him a different rule because there might be a better use of um like an ordinate Nator or a Myrmidon, the Myrmidax instead. Yeah. And he's quite de- decent in. Uh, Close combat if it's uh, supposed to kill stuff. And he's rocking dual paragon blades. Yeah. <laughs> Subtle. Very, very. Well, it was either either that or a paragon blade and a chain fist. <laughs> okay. Either way. Basically the same points. Basically the same points. Yeah. Both specialist weapons. So yeah. yeah. That works either way. Actually, so. the chain fist is five points cheaper, so. That is a seven well, bond somewhere. That is a seven bond somewhere. Well, either that or a servo arm for one of the servo automata. Yeah, well, you never know. That's an extra, and that's a basically a power fist attack. Um, so yeah, all is. of them, could, all of those could be good options depending on how you want to do it. But there are there are obviously weaknesses if they actually face something that's heavy hitting in melee. But this is supposed to be the raiding option. Yeah. So it's supposed to hit the garrison list, basically. I like it. I, I think it could be a lot of fun, especially with the the crack and penetrators, like you say, for taking out the armor. 
Um, I don't know what not having. Uh, actually, I've, I've never played a game against a fort- an active fortification that isn't an Aegis defense line. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if they've got any use against um, fortifications. But if they do, Bob's your uncle because that's going to be even better for you. Well, uh, that's what I was considering. Uh, that's for heavier fortifications as well that are actually more dis- more destroyable than <laughs> Aegis defense line. But that's why. It- could change some of the penetrators because I'm not expecting to face enough heavy tanks that all six heavy pe- penetrators would be useful or all sets of two basically. Yeah. Could change like a phosphoric fos- bombs use bomb the shit out of the light take, anyhow. something which um, is good for ignoring uh, cover and that sort of thing could be quite handy. So only if mm-hmm. you've got somebody who's dug in. Um, because a lot of the uh, the different defence lines and things like that, not just the Aegis line, um, yeah, they they provide all sorts of cover and bonuses. Uh, so being able to yeah. squirrel them out of that is, is can be quite difficult. So uh, I didn't see any flamers or anything like that in there. I don't know if I don't think they can take them, can they? Or uh, the flamers are basically for the what I call the. Serve automata in that case, and they're mm. not supposed to be moving forward. That, that, that no, no. Part. <laughs> there <laughs> are the basically the graviton guns on the everything as well. They could be mm. used for something. But then I looked up uh, here. We have the we have the phosphoric bomb cluster that drops uh, heavy to barrage bomb cluster, blast poisoned, three plus crawling fire, lingering death. Because it's not like phosphoric. Yeah, that cargo. That, that'll mess have, a few things up. And then we have the Sun Fury Heavy ones that are strength 6, AP3, that's Heavy 1, Missile Large Blast, Blind, and gets hot one use. Blind, so, yeah. But, um, well, it depends on what you're facing. I guess so. If you're facing low and initiative... They, they do have a Large Blast uh, as well, so... Yeah. Uh, might be enough. useful. So they are... Th- th- that could be changed a bit for the loadout for the there's a little, little bit of flexibility, is what you're saying there, basically, if you wanted to. Because uh, ev- almost everything costs the same or cheaper than as the Kraken penetrators. That's cool. It's always good to know. Yeah. And if I do it like that and change one set of Krakens for something cheaper, I could possibly get uh, a heavy bolter for my one of my server automatas. <laughs> but they, they, they're not that. Shooty, really. Yeah, they're basically orcs. BS, BS three actually, according to Battlescribe. Oh well, <laughs> But that is Battlescribe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think they actually are BS three. So, that's but that's cool. still still not that reliable with a heavy bolter. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I've said it already. I think it's good. it's a good army. I think there's a nice little bit of fluff angle to it. I like the way you've gone for the. Very much gone for the raider theme on that one, and gone right. How do I, how do I make this a raiding mechanicum army? Because yeah. they, they, I'm sure they do it in the fluff, but it doesn't strike me as a, an immediate raiding army per se. Um, well, uh, this is a more a raiding themed reductor force as well, because they're part of my reductor army. Yeah. But. Uh, if I were doing like a Tagmata army, I could have used uh, war war and stuff like that as well. That's they're fast. Yeah, mm. I, th- I think the other thing about it is it's it's not using um, things like the Thanatars and stuff like that. Whilst, because whilst they'd be good in 
sieges and the like, they're going to be mm-hmm. so slow to actually get up that uh, yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't suit the, the sort of fluff of that sort of list. Yeah. yeah. I, I, again, I really like it, Chris. And I was uh, considering making, uh, or I am working on a, a garrison list as well. That would actually be a more tank-based uh, order order reductor force. Which with, uh, makes sense. So I can make uh, basically a static siege position supported by thralls and maybe a unit of, or the two mandatory units of uh, Thalax. So a classic come-at-me-bro list. Yeah. Sweet. Because that's basically, you have the large pot of uh, gold, and that's the, the tanks and maybe an, well, well, the mandatory fortifications for that. Yeah. And then you basically have it supported by some units of Thalax that will have to go around the flanks, basically. Yeah. And one, of, one of the things which I find about fortifications, um, is, which is very useful, is uh, having enough infantry to go in them. Um, and that's that seems to be one of the things that folk often yeah. overlook. So um, you can have all these wonderful guns and, and bits and pieces and giant fortified structures, and then your opponent just walks into them because <laughs> you've got nobody defending them. <laughs> Hey, look at my crib. What are you doing walking into my crib? Dude, get out of my crib. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Cool. Well, I think that, that pretty much nails a, a nice look at the the stage after next of the escalation. Mm-hmm. It definitely gives some thinking. It's got me thinking about what I'm going to do with my Iron Warriors. Um, and I have a feeling I'm going to need to buy some sort of... Um, Build your Spartan. I'm working on it, god damn it. Okay, I'm working on it. That, that'll be Every, everyone. Uh, everyone loves Spartans in 1500 point games. Yeah, because <laughs> nothing says cheese, nothing says Gorgonzola like roll, rolling a Spartan up the front. <laughs> it's killable. It's killable. Well, yeah, your your list will definitely kill it if you put those Kraken penetrators into it. Yep. That'll definitely make, it would bar some very bad rolling that would really fuck up my day, <laughs> which I, somehow I don't <laughs> think you'll be upset about. <laughs> that's 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 a good. He sounds like he's thoroughly cut up about it. Yeah, I, I feel the, uh, the 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 sorrow leaking from him right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then we, then I just looking through the stronghold list for the fortifications. Then what about the vortex missile Aquila strong point? <laughs> How many points is that? Five hundred and thirty-five. Hi, I'm going to drop my vortex fort- on you. It's a massive fortification as well, so it's AV fifteen. Wow, that that would really make somebody's day even worse. <laughs> Vortex missile battery, range infinite, strength D, AP one, ordnance one, large black blast, Vortex. Stick a master of signals on top of that, and you're going to give somebody a very big headache. You can only fire one one per turn, though. <laughs> only one. <laughs> only but one. They do stick around on the table, so. Yeah. Yeah. Stick around. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave some vortexy death on the table. Um, oh, it's, it's, that's it's, why the atropos is cool. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm not arguing how cool an atropos is. I'm not. I've got an acker on though, so that's fucking. That just makes it even better. And the acker is better. I thought you were giving the acker on to me. No, I said you could paint it and borrow it. There's a world of difference. <laughs> that's almost the same thing. Almost the same thing. Almost. But uh, yeah, cool. Well, let's 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 sort of wrap this segment up here, wrap the intro up here, yeah. and um, we will head on into our main segment, which is 
talking about scrounging for terrain and uh, we're going to, like I said earlier on, we're going to have a chat about that, uh, have a talk about what we've done as far as terrain projects are concerned and something I want to chat on is just about how to actually look at things in a practical stroke artistic kind of a way um, to try and to sort of help decide what works for your um, your sort of your ideas but we will get to that in a minute so we will be right back after this musical interlude chosen by our guest Mr Lex Head so basically if it's anything like our last episode it's his fault enjoy <laughs> enjoy indeed so we will be right back Yeah. 
back and thanks to Lex for that uh, first choice there he'll be his music choice will be closing us out of this segment as well so I present this straight away by saying again it's his fault it's all his fault um, I, I, I take no responsibility for being the person who could technically do something about it in editing but is too lazy to do so you told me not to put on the Finlandia suite because it was too depressing yeah it really is um, and, you know, there's a, we, we want to grow our listener base, not cull them. Um, I understand. That's, that's the important thing right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, we are talking about scrounging for supplies. Uh, it's an email that's been sent in to us by one of our listeners, and there's some details behind it, and I'm going to pass it over to Christopher to take us through those details. Yeah, and this is an email that we actually received a while back, but uh, we're, this is the first time we actually managed to get to it. And that's, well, we have had some time to think about it at least, <laughs> to, to say the least. And this is an e- email from uh, Rickard Svensson, or Rickard Svensson, if I actually pronounce it in Swedish. And that's an email that uh, starts like this. Hello, Varangians. I've been listening to your podcast now, and I like it. You started something good up here in Sweden. I'm sure of it. I'm sending you this because I want want to bring a modeling topic to your virtual table. A couple of weeks ago, I was lurking at Lincoln. That was quite a few people actually lurking at Lincoln. That's a side note. So then being pretty fucking far from a closer, I did not attend. I will correct this in the near future, since that hot 30k action and brotherhood of frenemies is too awesome to experience vicariously. But I digress. Uh, One of the tables had terrain made with beer cans, and I also spotted some nifty terrain made with the bottle caps of superglue. This reminded me of one of my favorite parts of the hobby, the maddened scrounging for everyday objects that would fit just perfectly as terrain or whatnot. I think we all have had that experience where we found that one thing lying in a corner somewhere or waiting to be thrown away and just realized that it's the perfect wall section or scattered terrain or just awesome hobby bit. I want to ask you guys, what are your favorite bits that sources of scrounged everyday material? Do you run through the recycling bins at work or do you buy your creativity away? I know there's a lot of terrain bins out there right now. Let's inspire them with some creative 30k 30 greatness. That's a really weird way of writing. (laughs) (laughs) If if you could have the word bay in the fucking dictionary these days, we can create whatever (laughs) words we fucking like. Let's just go for it. That's true. That's true. I do think it's a portmanteau of uh, 30k greatness and creativity somehow. So stay hard and keep nooting. Richard, Richard Swenson. I have cut out some bits of this email, but that, that's not uh, we, that stuff we will discuss anyhow, so that's not really worth reading. So, people, should we start? Let's start. Let's have a look. I mean, what, let's. I think the 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 first point I mean that he raised, and I think the important bit is, do we have any favourite things that we like to build terrain from? Um, and I'm not going to talk about bin diving in work because, um, well, I've only just started a new job and I don't want them to think I'm too weird just yet. Um, but yeah, so what do you guys say? Uh, Chris, what, what's your sort of go-to piece? It, it used to be, you know, the packaging styrofoam that came with basically mm. any piece of electronics or kitchenware or 
well, whatever. Yeah. In the olden days, they're being replaced mainly by cardboard or plastic these days, and not really that useful. Mm-hmm. But they used to become molded styrofoam pieces that were from the size of like 10 by 10 centimeters up to a table, yeah. depending on what you bought. And I love those bits. For now, though, I'm still working through a stereo that I screwed together when I, when it died. And that's quite a lot of nice bits in that one. An actual st- physical stereo system that you're pulling yeah. apart. Okay, fair enough. With a CD. Yeah, things, lots of mechanical CD bits changes. and drives and things. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. So that the, your go-to was, was the... Um, uh, the the foam packaging from basically anything from TVs and dishwashers to yeah they were you know, lovely that sort of stuff that's very cool what about yourself Lex is there sort of a go to that you've had um yeah so um for building scatter terrain um one of the things which I used to get folk to do was um essentially you just got to build something on a CD yeah uh, so your cd creates your your you basically don't have to worry about beveling the edges or anything like that and this is in the days when you used to get all the sort of aol dial-up cds so you had a million and one spare ones kicking around yeah. which nobody ever needed oh i remember uh, those days um so yeah i'm mean, using that as a as a basing piece uh, because often you you don't have something to base a, a thing on and it meant that you can get interesting and diverse pieces of terrain from made from all sorts of different stuff um, but the, the the next step up from that is the um, uh, the CD spindle. Yeah. So you know you get like a, a, a big lump of CDs um, because that has got so many different shapes to it. So it can be buildings, it can be poles, it can be the CDs themselves, it can be all sorts of different things. Um, really, really handy for just having that that basic shape to work from. Um, very good for making orc villages. Uh-huh. Very cool. Mm. Very very cool. Um, I'm going to go with a classic that I think is always relevant, no matter what game you're playing. I'm going to go with the Pringles tube. No, that's true. (laughs) Because that has so many applications. As long as it's round. As long as it's round. It's always helpful. Um, (laughs) And funnily enough, because they do different sizes as well. um, Because you've got got the sort of small, uh, fun size pack. Uh, which is really good for small, um, small like well anything really. I mean, you can create huts out of them. You can create uh, oil refineries or machinery out of them. They can just be scattered crating if you paint them up the right way. Um, I think they're really really useful, and the big ones are great, if, especially for, if, in my opinion, for industrial. Uh, stuff because it mm. gives you a lot mm-hmm. of surface space to glue things to, to build things on, to play around with, and, and as a base, it's really good to use different types of things on. So, I mean, like one one issue I always had with like the styrofoam stuff is if you didn't have like PVA or white glue, mm-hmm. anything That's else true. would pretty much disintegrate it. So you had to, you know, you had to be very careful with the materials you used and with um with stuff like the pringles tubes they're they're pretty hardy they can take a lot of stuff that you throw on there you know i think it's interesting as well what you were saying about those with like the the the, the types of terrain that you're building so uh, your mechanical areas and things like that um i think it's kind of cool with the scale of 
games that we're playing these days with knights and titans and things like that in 40k yeah um that you've got line of sight blocking stuff and, and those big tall pringles tubes are actually going to do that so they're going to make it more interesting to maneuver around and actually draw line of sight and stuff yeah like you, that. Can, you can use them as uh, model them up as like grain silos or yeah. oil si- oil com- tanks or stuff like that as well yeah if you because that's uh, that that actually makes sense if you're fighting in a semi-urbanized area as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's you. You actually touch on a really good point there, uh, Lex. Which is now that we're in an age where we've got things like knights and things on the tabletop, you've really got to take into consideration height even more so um, mm. because of those things, because of true line of sight, because of all those different things that that weren't so much of a, a factor in in the in the older days of gaming, I guess is one way of looking at it. Well, yeah, I mean, my my old gaming table used to be uh, pop cans and uh, and books um, yeah. with with a few other bits and pieces. Back when I was doing with my folks, um, so yeah. I, uh, but that the biggest thing then that anybody had, I mean, the the old metal avatar model was huge at the time. So uh, that sort of dates it to the size of things so um, yeah, yeah everything's scaled you, up since then I remember when playing Warmer Fantasy way back when you mm. just put down a dragon on the table oh. the old metal dragons that mm. were quite small but the wings the made time. them really really tall for the time <laughs> mm. yeah, especially like the old uh, wyvern models as well the old orc fantasy wyvern model Yeah, that was a big kit and that you was could a, kill someone, someone with that one <laughs> stick it in a sock and just batter them with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a proper instead of an old cue, uh, instead of a pool ball, a uh, pool cue ball or something like that. You just put a wyvern in the sock and just take somebody's head out. Yeah, beautiful, Ga- gangster style. You know, it's back yeah. to those Catonian ruins. Yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> I actually just remembered right now uh, one more source of terrain that's quite nifty. Okay. <clears throat> if you're at IKEA, you could actually source some pr- fairly Sheep tank traps mm, in okay. the in the area where they where they store all the mats, the, the floor mats and stuff like that. Yeah. They have to keep the rolled up mats together, not rolling all over the floor. They have some called uh, they're, they're made of uh, re- recycled paper, basically. Okay. okay. That they have that uh, have the a similar shape to, or at least they had last time I was at IKEA to buy a mat, that have a similar shape to a tank trap, that you could just take that entire long sheet, because they just throw them away when they're visible, basically. <laughs> so just it's take them. Cool. Yeah, if you, you want, you could ask for for them, but uh, I've never been stopped by just taking one. Be a rebel. <laughs> Be a rebel yeah. and ask someone. But there, there's, uh, so there you have basically sheep tank traps. They are hollow, so you could fill them with something, but they are quite sturdy because they have to keep all the mat, the the, the weight of all the mats, uh, yeah. uh, carpets. Maybe I should say more because mats uh, have a. They're different, different. They could mean different things. Yeah, that was 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 the one who changed the carpets, but then people at least know what I'm talking about. So that's uh, one source, and then and then we also have the ubiquitous McDonald's. Coffee stirrers in, in Starbucks <laughs> coffee stirrers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, are the Starbucks ones larger than the McDonald's ones? Yeah, they oh. are. They're 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 pretty good for uh, for decking and stuff like that. Yeah, so so are the McDonald's one because they are basically the width of a spaceman foot. 
So you can see we've had some experience in this, basically. <laughs> um, They're quite uh, on, easy to source as well, because you just go to McDonald's, pretend you're actually interested in buying something, put put your hand down where the all the sticks are, and just put them in your pocket and leave. Surreptitiously surreptitiously whistling in a non non obvious tone. Yeah. Very nonchalant. Very nonchalant, exactly. Um I like it. Or if you you're there when there's basically not no one else in the what they call a restaurant, just buy like a drink or something and then take them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the same with straws as well. Straws are great for piping. Um especially kids' straws. You know, the ones get the, with the bends in and everything, because they're really good for just uh, organizing and Sort of building piping, um, yeah. which is really cool. I want one thing I've talked. I talked to you guys about beforehand. It's uh, you know talking about creativity when it, when it comes to this sort of stuff. One thing I wanted to sort of touch on with terrain in general, and I think this is it's important because we we talk a lot about being about the theme of what we do, the armies or whatever we're working on whether it be gaming boards or anything along those lines. We'll, we'll touch on gaming boards as well later. Is um, When it comes down to it, when when you start looking at things, looking around at things and going, how can I use this? It's having, uh, first things first, it's, it's having an idea of what sort of terrain theme you've got in mind. <coughs> so let's take, for example, I, I've created a world for my 40k force. It's a planet called Akkad. It's basically a red planet, uh, very Mars-like. Backstory is that um, it's a former imperial mining colony, uh, a little bit like LV uh, two twenty one or whatever it is from uh, Alien. Four twenty eight. Four twenty eight. Thank you very much. Um, so it's got that industrial feel to it. So that it's industrial. It's got lots. I've got lots of scattered terrain, which is basically rocks and stuff. So you can have a very barren. Uh, area, but then I've, I've sort of started to build um, more industrial terrain for it, and I think what's important is to have that theme in mind, and then find some picture references for something that you want to build, and look at the shapes that are involved because mm. it's, it's very easy to mm -hmm. go, well, I can go to the bin and I can pull out, let's just say yogurt pot, in my case I've got two kids yogurt pots um formula packets um because i like to eat them pringles pringles crisp tubes straws and let's just say um dummy uh boxes the little plastic packets that they they put dummies in for kids yep. because we go, yep. through, go through those every sort of six months or whatever and it's easy to go through and bring up a whole pile of this stuff and then go great i've got it and then try and find a way of actually using it so having some sort of reference point um, is good, and then you can start seeing the shapes that you, you want yeah, to be I, looking I think, for. I think it's, it's it's very similar to kit bashing and things like that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Is if if you're uh, one of the things which I like is that I'll get a pile of stuff on my on my desk, and I'll have an, uh, that idea of the uh, the theme, the tone. Um, of the army which I want to put together and so therefore uh, this bit and this bit and this bit and this bit can be from completely uh, disparate models um, but with the theme that's going together so like the walls and things like that then it's, it's pulled together to make this very homogenous look uh, which works, works across the piece so and as you're saying if you've got a bunch of different things then it's making sure that each of those different things 
works together. Yeah. Um, and so by getting those reference pieces, um, then then you'll you'll find that. So industrial stuff, all the industrial stuff tends to look very similar to other bits of industrial stuff. Whereas if you were to put in <clears throat> something which looked say more towel like or something like that, a very sci-fi modern structure, then it, it, it would look out of place. Now there could be a reason for that. It could be an objective. It could be something. But if you're looking to make a terrain set, yeah. then yeah, stay stay on stay on that theme. Yeah, staying, staying on message effectively, staying, mm, staying yeah, on yeah. What, what you're trying to put across, and that, that's that's something that's really important when it comes to scrounging. And like I said, you know, uh, as an example, um, I built myself a little uh, pumping station kind of thing, and I had a huge selection of bits, and, and I got really complicated at one point. I had you know half a dozen different tubes, um, some bottle tops from some dropper bottles I was going to use as sort of like connectors and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And I was really getting into it, sort of in the kitbashy way, but then realised it was getting too complex. So I did. I actually found a, a packet um, of coloured pens, which uh, color, like thick coloured marker pens, mm -hmm. which had um, a really nice shape to it, which had the the feel of the different sections that I wanted and the sort of the flat space to put models on. Mm. And by actually sitting back and looking at what I wanted and the shape that I wanted, I, I went from something that may have worked to something that would fit fitted quite nicely with the addition mm -hmm. of some pink foam um, rocks and some tubing. I mean, at the end of the day, it's been painted black, dry brush silver, mm -hmm. and then the, the ground around it has been painted two different tones of red, and it's not going to win any prizes as a Golden Demon base or anything like that, but it fits. So I know that I could throw it down with any other piece of scenery that I've got. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why yeah. I think it's really important to have that theme and that, that idea of what stuff should look like. Yeah, I think you touched on something important there as well. And that's the... This doesn't really feel right. I'm going to take a second <laughs> look at it. Yeah. But if you just keep building and building, you might end up with something that you really, really don't like or never finish. But mm. If you make a plan, this is roughly what I want, and then build it, and then you feel, is this right? Can I do something else? And then take a step back, think about it, and see if this is the way you want to go forward, or if you want to change, change something up. Because it's way easier to change something up during the building part before you put it all together. Mm. If you, no, I think I think one of the things which which comes on from that though is that um, if we if we look at uh, GW, um, then a lot of their uh, forces, a lot of their buildings, a lot of all the various different things that obviously have a, a very strong thematic look to them. So mm -hmm. uh, marine stuff is boxy, uh, tower stuff is um, curvaceous, all these different 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 bits and pieces. But you can go too far with it, um, and so you do need to take that stop. And, and take a step back um, yeah. uh, because uh, so in my mind I mean, personal opinion the Space Marine Flyers which uh, Games Workshop rather than Forge World have done <laughs> uh, just, uh, you've taken that boxy aesthetic just too far um, yeah. but yeah. as part of as part of that though um, if, you, if you're uh, going in and building something it also needs to look like it 
it's going to work. Um, Practically. It, that yeah, yeah. That, that suspension of disbelief can only go so far. So I look at those flyers and go, yeah. well, that, that, I, I don't like it, mostly because it doesn't look uh, like it's real. Yeah. There's uh, an image that goes around on the internet, and <coughs> with, uh, I think it's a Storm Raven, where it has oh. thrust comes here, and that's an arrow to the engines. Center of gravity is here, and it narrow to the center of the gravity yeah. and then it says uh, narrow to the front of it that says magic happens here <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's basically yeah, there yeah, so, is, and yeah I was thinking of bringing this back to the heresy because the amount of diversity in the planets that they fought on during the heresy mm. actually gives you a bit more of a creative license when doing terrain it's not only mm. the imperial gothic version of the terrain it's yeah. uh, can be sorry. Yeah. Well, no, no. I, I think you've, you've <laughs> done a brilliant, raised a brilliant point there, um, and I think that it's very hard, very easy to get tunnel visioned into the grim, dark future of forty first millennium, and mm. contain that in the heresy. Whereas, as you say, there are some absolutely beautiful um, uh, options that you could go out there and play around with, like, for example, the description of murder. Stuff like that, yeah. you know, just yeah. gigantic grasslands or, um, you Air. know, the um, <laughs> uh, Nefi- um, oh, uh, Theatre Tread, uh, yeah. where they discuss the opening battle, the sort of last battle against the Nephilim. You know, they're talking yeah. about open plains and stuff like that, or, you know, the ruins of um, the perfect city after it's been lanced to death from, um, or, from orbit, you know. In Fulgrim, when they're fighting on Lair. Yeah, the ocean world with the coral cities. Yeah, and you just you or, just don't get that as part yeah. of the Grim Dark. Or the Interrex, because they had the cities uh, widely different from the Imperium as well. Yeah. Or for that reason, early Mechanicum outposts that probably didn't look at all standardized as they do in, because well, they were separated for so long as well, and they had they at least had some creativity back then. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, they they had less. Oh God, we'll break it if we don't pray to the right spirit. Yeah, must put put incense on the engine to start the engine. Yeah. You mean you don't do that with your car every day? I know people who've done that with the, with their car on a regular basis, and it's it's um. It's Our not car is actually pay for a service and knowing how it works. Our car is actually still working and have full war- warranty, so we're hopefully okay for now. Oh, show off! You've got warranty. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I think I think you really do touch on a great uh, point there, Chris. Is that you can have a hell of a lot of creative license when it comes to the heresy yeah. about and what you, you come across. If you see if people that are putting up their militia army now got have like Oscar that has his Napoleonic soldiers, or you that think of a Beastman army. Yeah. What kind of planet would they come from? They wouldn't come from an ang- Angular Gothic structured planet. They would come from well, a 17th century planet for, or 18th century planet for the Napoleonic era, and then you have the the beastmen. They might come from something that's just basically factories all over the planet. Yeah, uh, or they they can, come, and that's the thing. They can come come wherever. And this is the the other thing is that when you tie it into basing an army as well, mm. you can also. I mean, like, like I said, my um, my armies. Whilst I've created this world for 40k. My 30k army is based in the same way because I want to be able to play on my own gaming tables and, and not so much have my army stand out like a sore thumb. Um, yeah. 
but then again that's not a bad that that isn't always a bad thing but it, it helps to tie in your army to the terrain around it so that it gives you more of a cohesive gaming experience more of a uh, you know less of having to suspend the disbelief you can actually see it you get the full immersion you know yeah i mean this is this is one of the things which comes back um to um doing a, a little vignette on on each base um it's just especially with the, with the bigger things like that the uh, options which uh, the contemptors and, and that sort of thing give you for um, the versatility uh, for building something which is a, a tiny little story it's just holding on to something it's walking through mm -hmm. something it's, it's breaking something standing uh, on something or crushing something <clears throat> exactly, exactly. Um, kicking an iron warrior um, all the different uh, things that you can do crushing uh, an imperial fist land raider you know things like that Seems unlikely, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, all of the all of those things there uh, can then again tie into how you're then also building your terrain and that sort of thing. So, um, with my table, which I'm building at the moment, um, the, all the different knights um, which I've built have got um, bits of that gothic scenery on them, but they've also got um, the sort of cobblestone in them, and I've, I've tried to make sure that all the different aspects of it are all tied together which are then also in a smaller amount matched by the, the castlax then smaller again on the on the space marines and, and so on so mm -hmm. yeah it, it, it means that when i'm building the board um and um, some of my friends are going to play on it they're building their orc army they're basing their orc army in the same way because they want to play on it in, in, in that fashion as well um, cool. which means that um <clears throat> also a very useful thing when it comes to basing things write down how you're doing your method of basing because if you do, yeah. if you go through five <laughs> different layers of doing things and twelve different steps or whatever, and then you go and come to tell somebody it, or take a month off and then come back to it. Yeah. I can't remember the live view. I think I use these colors. Uh, yeah, yeah. Write things down. <laughs> yeah, and that's that, that, that's really good for then taking over into coming back to the terrain aspect is keeping mm. those colors in. And I had a segue there, actually, is the short one. Oh, I'm sorry, I stepped all over your segue there. No, no, no worries. I wouldn't forgive him. <laughs> you haven't forgiven me for many things, so it's all right. I'm uh, just thinking, now when we're seeing these game mats more and more mm. with a, a nice print, <laughs> if, you, if you want to theme your army, you could p possibly start from a mat you like as well and work work upwards because then you have the color scheme and the mm, type of terrain okay. ready then you might add if you do a lava mat you could just add lava bases and make it make terrain themed from like lava vents and like mm. like an what you call it a geothermal plant mm. basically and or if you do grasslands or an ice world or a desert world or a city city world then yeah. you could have have your inspiration for everything from the mat itself and then build I, I, think, I think to a degree I mean almost uh, any sort of terrain board that you're using um, so for my zone mortalis games um, I <coughs> I decided that what I was going to do I was going to invest in the the GW ones I know other folk use space hulk ones other folk use a million and one different um, cardboard uh, terrain sections which they've been kickstarters for mm -hmm. but whichever one you're using um, a lot of the time uh it, it then inspires you to build scatter terrain for it because the more interesting bits and pieces that you have in the way, 
um, the, the better it becomes in those games. So the type of game you're playing, I think, um, is also quite important for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I think, again, coming back to... I mean, the, the, we're basically listing a huge number of factors that play into <laughs> what well, you the, do that's terrain. Not, uh, that's not just terrain, that's the entire theme of... Uh, if you want a themed board with your army, mm. which most people do when you play on your home turf, you want it to look cohesive. Yeah, definitely. But uh, that that will give you problems if you go to a mate's house and he has a green table and your, and your, all of your bases are lava bases, but... <laughs> Then you have to suspend the disbelief, so to speak. Either that or take paint with you and just yeah. spray his table beforehand whilst he's not looking. <laughs> or, just, or if you're actually having a gaming mat, bring the mat if you want, desperately want to play on your mat. <laughs> so screw you guys, I'm using my toys. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, this may have happened recently where we wanted to play a game of Guild Ball um, as a random other bit of geekery. Uh, and the only uh, gaming mat that we had uh, was a 3 by 3 X-wing map, so we were playing Guild Ball in space. Uh, <laughs> if you if you add an in space afterwards, it's totally cool. It, it wasn't Absolutely. one of those that had the Death Star in the background. Then. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was a beautiful nebula, beautiful nebula. <laughs> playing for the pleasure of the Galactic Empire and the Emperor himself in <laughs> space. Yeah, totally works. <laughs> totally works. Um, but yeah, so I think you know, like I said we've, we've nailed a number of points there. So like. Having having a theme, having a color option, having you know uh, a story <coughs> for your army—all of this can sort of influence what your what terrain you're building, and then it can influence the sort of terrain you start looking for. Um, yeah. I mean, I recently—it's going to be a year ago now—I actually built a roadway section, an elevated road section. Oh, wow. um, which I've got pictures for somewhere, and I'll post them to the or add them to the host album. And it's built using um, a combination of things. It's using plastic, uh, like um, like plastic art, but more heavy duty. It's the plastic signing signage that you get in. Oh, so it's uh, plastic on the outside and foam on the, in the inside. Foam. Yeah, very, 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 very dense foam actually. Mm. Um, Almost, almost the sort of thickness of like plasterboard of all things, um, oh. a sort of heavy density stuff, and um, I got that from a builder store that I was doing some work in uh, last year, and I've got maybe five or six of these signs left, which I'll uh, coincidentally turn into a Zone Mortalis board at some point. Um, <laughs> but taking these sections and then using um, again, actually builders yards and and places like that are really good for finding weird things um i found these um connectors which are used to hold in place metal grating to cover uh to go into concrete or to cover um like underfloor heating or stuff like that i used to work at the packing plant for those oh really actually yeah awesome um, but yeah so we took these bits and looking at them you kind of like well how do i how do I put these two together? And then you sort of go, right, well, so what am I what I'm trying to build? I'm trying to build a road. I want it elevated. So, okay, I've got the plastic sign for the road base. That's for the road itself. Not a problem. What am I going to do to actually support it? Well, I, I can put columns underneath. I could use toilet tubes. I could use, you know, toothpaste tubes or whatever if I really wanted to. But if I want something to look gothic, there needs to be sort of angles Skulls to it. it. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> skulls everywhere, man. That's what it's all about. It doesn't have a skull, it's not gothic. Um, or GW gothic, anyway. Maybe that's, maybe they'll trademark that, I don't know. Um, but there's basically the um, the sort of angles and that, that sort of gothic feel to it. So when I was looking at these, um, these pieces, and I'll try and get a picture of them, looking at the one way it didn't fit, flipping them over made total sense. Suddenly it looks like reinforced concrete um, supports. But still, at that point, it wasn't high enough to drive anything under. So to, to sort of meet the concept and meet the, the, the what I was looking for, um, I've, I've got cousins over here who are into hunting. And of all things, spent shotgun shells. Yep. Yep. Brilliant for columns. And because they're plastic uh, plastic casings, you can cut them and shape them a little bit, and they glue in really well with super glue uh, or a hot glue gun, and suddenly you've got yourself uh, an elevation point. So if you were to lay these bits out in front of you, so plastic sign, weird bits for holding mesh into concrete, and shotgun shells... You look at it and go, what the heck am I going to make with this? But when you actually <laughs> look at the what the, when you've got the theme, the project you're going to build, you can start seeing where pieces fall. Um, yeah. And I think that's, for me, that's a really big key. I mean, sometimes I've even, um, I mean, I, I, I'm in the process of playing around with an idea of building a, a large, and by large, I mean like one foot, uh, 30 centimetre square, um, or bigger structure based around the sort of central point of a refinery um, taking my lead from things like uh, aliens and stuff like that and, it makes sense yeah as, and looking at it and um, trying to make it practical but um, trying to actually do something with it that's unique and enjoyable to play with um, but now I've got that sort of concept, I can start pulling shapes together and trying to find things that work. And it's been pretty tough to find sort of things to sort of fit what I'm after. But meat packaging, I don't know. I, I don't know. Again, it's because I, I live in having lived in Sweden for the past three years. It's, it sounds stupid, but I kind of forget. Um, but in places like um, superstores like Ica, so it's like Tesco's that sort of thing. They do large packets of meat, like um, beef beef fillet cuts and stuff like that. Yeah. And this it's relatively sturdy plastic, and it's got this nice sort of... Um, I don't even know how to describe it. And like, I guess it's to give it grip, so you're not sliding around with, with uh, just smooth surface packaging. But when you look at it as it is, it's just a vessel for carrying meat. But when you actually clean it out, you turn it over, suddenly you've got a structure which has got reinforced angles all the way around it. And a nice flat open surface at the top, which you can then mm -hmm. build on. So, you know, again, it's sort of looking at what you're trying to achieve and then finding something to fit it. Um, and I've, I've been through the pitfall of that build uh, to actually build the whole thing up and then look at it and go, I've gone in the wrong direction, I have to pull it all down. Um, but shapes, you know, looking at different shapes within within what you're getting, what you've got is what I'm trying to get at. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm faffing on a little bit, but that's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> uh, I think one of, one of the other questions, which is part of that, though, is um, what level of detail are you going to go to? Um, 
because, um, as Chris was saying earlier, he's using <coughs> excuse me, he's using um, bits of an old stereo, which have got loads and loads of technological bits and wires and mm-hmm. all sorts of detail on them where the shapes have been pressed into it. Um, and those sorts of things, especially with the very hard angles, which they which are often going to have, um, come with an intrinsic level of detail, which you then don't need to add more to necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, breaking up bits of stereo, breaking up uh, TVs, old TVs with valves in them, oh, great stuff. Um, <laughs> but um, then the, the the next level up from that is then if you are doing the you sort of Pringles tubes and um, uh, bean tins and, and and things like that um, is adding that next level of detail onto uh, the thing that you're doing. So it, it completely disguises what that thing originally was. So um, one of my favorite ones for that is rivets. Yeah. Uh, rivets <laughs> being the most painstaking and annoying thing to put on um, make everything <laughs> look cooler because they're just this instant level of detail. Um, and you can do everything from sort of very tiny beading stuff to um, there's the, the micro beads, which... Um, everybody's complaining about going into the oceans and, and, and that sort of thing, which you get from uh, all sorts of cleaning products. But um, yeah, if you if you break, I think it's um, a um, well, the silica is, is it the, oh, I feel like the silica packets? Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 smaller, smaller again than that. So if right. you break open uh, the filter from a, a water uh, jug once once you've used it, and uh, then it's got t- tons of tiny beads in it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. They're also in uh, like. Uh, those there's active carbon and ceramic balls in them. Yeah, basically. yeah. Also They're simple. also for some coffee machines has them mm-hmm. to, clean, yeah. to clean the water. So effectively, you just drill a tiny hole for everywhere you want to put one of these beads, and then <coughs> you put it in, <laughs> glue it in, and and so for orcs you can be as ramshackle as you like. Um, if you're playing, if you're doing something imperial or a different world or anything like that, you want it more regimented, then you're looking at spacing them evenly and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, um, just adds this instant level of detail, and again, it's from more everyday objects. Yeah. It's just yeah, snap stuff open, find stuff, and and glue it to other stuff. And yeah. uh, there's also a bit of a hint there. Uh, if you are one, wanting to place them, sp- space them evenly, draw mm. it out before you start drilling. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> Make the pattern before, and then just. Uh, it out unless you've got a true sense of scale and measurement which makes you immensely cool and uh, able to do this sort of stuff on the fly um, and or a yeah. pigeon yeah there is that too <laughs> pigeons have that kind of <laughs> eyes well if there's a pigeon gaming out there i want him on this show god damn it so let's just you know get that out there <laughs> now um and i think one other thing that um i was going to mention um when you talk about adding detail is mm. If you get very specific, um, for example, let's just take a Pringles. Let's say we make a, we take two large Pringle tubes and one small Pringle tube, and yep. you put them on a base, a right round base, big enough to give them like a couple of centimeters of ga- space around each of them. You put them on there, two big ones next to each other, and the small, the the small one at the base, so it looks like a selection of towers. For example, mm-hmm. you could put doors on them. And walkways and gangways um, for a 28 millimeter model, yep. mm-hmm. and be totally fine, and that that sets you at 28 millimeter. Or yeah. you could put, um, let's just say, 
uh, wire cabling or straws around them and then uh, paint it up and you've got something that can be used at different scales. Um, are you pointing out that uh, Adeptus Titanicus is coming back and therefore... Possibly. Gigantic <laughs> games. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's kind of the thing. It's, it's, uh, was it Tim from the Eye of Horus and or the guys in the Eye of Horus that talked a lot about the uh, Epic 30K? And mm. it was something I wanted to touch on, that it, the level of detailing you put onto your scenery can dictate the level of... Uh, the variety of its use so you can build specifically for 28 mil or you can mm. again like I say I've got scattered terrain which is basically rocks they can mm -hmm. be mountains at 30k at uh, epic scale um, mm. or they can be well they, they basically be pebbles for a warlord titan um, so you've got that but when you suddenly start putting on scale specific things like doors and gangways and access panels and stuff like that you start focusing it in. So when you look at bits for building things, think about the scale that you're going to be using it for. I got another thing about uh, adding details that are not necessarily scale dependent, mm -hmm. at least for those Pringles cans that you mentioned. Yeah. And that is if you put uh, some kind of either cardstock or plastic card yeah. as, a, as a banding around the to make them look like a reinforced tanks, like a horizontal band around the the can, basically. Oh, that's cool. Because then, because the, then you add that little bit of extra detail that makes it look like it is is uh, more real than just uh, uh, more or less uh, smooth <laughs> smooth tower. I, th I think with that, it, it comes down to breaking up uh, the the nature uh, yeah. of. Of that thing, so it's not obvious what it is. So if you just got took a a, a big bean can, uh, took the paper off of it, and then turned it upside down, and painted it, it would still look like a big bean can, which you've just painted. Um, for instance, and similarly with a, a Pringles tube, yeah. um, it's going to have that spiral of cardboard around it. And if you just leave it with that on show, um, without breaking it up in some way, then then at which point it's just going to look like the thing. And it, again, it, it then breaks that suspension of disbelief a little bit yeah no i see what you mean and it's it's i guess it's it's uh the level of detail that you want to go to is one thing mm. again if you can source um and for one, one great source of things for terrain building just to segue a little bit off and come back to it is plumbing supplies Yes. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you know friends or family or anyone who is redoing their bathroom, their kitchen, and they're redoing the pipe work, get your hands on it, clean it out. It makes brilliant scenery. Um, it will make great pipe work, you know, tubing, pipe working, industrial stuff, because it's got that smooth surface. Because you can buy joints for it, and you can angle it. I mean, I've 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 sort of looked at creating a Promethean pipeline relay purely from bl uh, uh, plastic PVC because it's way cheaper and performs the same task. <laughs> and that's in uh, did it, uh, Fort World Masterclass Volume 1, I think. But they really? did that for the siege table. Yeah, or, well, they had a copper piping, but they still had the plastic uh, supports and just uh, did a, like a fuel line that went right across no man's land yeah. in, a, in a battle. And I was thinking about uh, there was mention of uh, those big bean tins 
mm. a moment ago. And I'm looking at the, going back to what uh, Rickard wrote in his email as well, because I saw those uh, scrounged uh, beer cans that Freddy used on uh, Lincoln, yeah. at Lincoln. And uh, those are the, they're regular beer cans mm-hmm. that are painted, but they got a support structure around them that he managed to get in. On was it LVO? He bought them. He bought them at the LVO, yeah. So they basically have a. So they are looking like reinforced uh, storage storage tanks of some sort, or like promethium tanks, or mm. whatever. Yeah, and that's that's another good point to raise up. Actually, is when you are scrounging stuff. If you if you want to do more to it quickly, there are companies out there that, that laser cut stuff on MDF, and you can go out there and like, you know, it's never a, ne- it, it, as long as it's done responsibly. I, I have to be mildly responsible here. You know, drinking a few beers out of cans is never a bad excuse for building terrain. And then, <laughs> but if you if you don't want the hassle of then having to spend time. Um, updating it and doing stuff and adding things you can just simply go ahead and buy um, kits that exist with um, with the, the, just act as frameworks all the way around um, and it, it does remind me when we were talking about scrounging um, that um, my, my scrounge at the moment um, using that new newer technologies and so on is um, convincing friends um, um, who work in that arena to uh, do 3D designs for me um, so I can then randomly go out and get them printed because um, it means yeah, yeah you've got a degree of control it's not quite scrounging in that same way but it, it's, it's, it's using um, <laughs> the skills which other people have around you uh, which they've used for making um, all sorts of bits and pieces of technology or in this instance um, doing art for you so you can then uh, and go and print it out and actually use it in your games. Mm. I think it's when you start talking about other people. I think that's that's one other thing is go out and look at what other people have actually put together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. and see where you can draw inspiration from. Um, I mean, uh, you know, there, there's so much out there. I mean, uh, my my good friend Robin, who I will get on the show at some point because I think even though he's. Uh, a 40k player he's, he's a good guy and he does a lot of hobby and it'd be good to get him on here and chatting about stuff um especially if we, we're going to come back and revisit this he lives above a uh, or near a sewing shop and the sewing shop uh they empty all their plastic goods out into the bin at the back of the store uh, like we do over in sweden and pretty much around the world where they start recycling stuff very nicely and um, what they've actually got is an you can tell that I'm married to a, to, uh, a seamstress um, that, uh, and not in the Pratchett way before anybody asks um, it, shut up Lex um, is, um, is uh, they've actually got um, plastic frames, forms uh, flat sheets of plastic uh, that are like a, a, H, the, a H shape um, that they wrap like lace and ribbon and everything around them and okay. they're about the size of a little bit bigger than a5 an a5 piece of paper mm-hmm. but they've got uh, for some they've just got nice uh raised edges all around the inside all around the the shape itself so it looks like it's been pressed um and they are very very solid plastic and 
when we built the bridge that I talked about earlier, I yep. built it at his place, and now he's seen that, and he's gone, how do I make my own one? And he's sort of get, got these pieces and gone, well, actually, if I take one of these as the main road section and then put something across the top of it to give it some believable um, cohesiveness as a road, um, even if it's just like fine body mesh you get from building, you know, you use for building cars, uh, rebuilding mm. car bodywork, putting that across the top so it, maybe it's a mechanicum or mechanical whatever, have that, and then use two of these on the sides to create the walls of a bridge, walls of a raised road section. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And just seeing that, you know, he's taken something that's been already built out of scrap, effectively, and scrounged, and gone, mm. how do I make my version of this with what I've got to hand? And I think that's very, very cool. Yeah, definitely. And I think it touches on what you were saying earlier about, you know, going out there and seeing what's available and you know, trying new things on, on existing ideas. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of scope in there. But again, coming back to the, the topic, because it's very easy to diverge on these topics, so we will, we will <laughs> we come back to this. We will come back to this, because I really think we should come back to this, is um, the fact that um, when, when scrounging stuff, don't, don't throw anything away basically <laughs> I'm uh, looking around me now uh, in my, yeah. my hobby area I, I, yeah I've got many many large containers around me at the moment of stuff that I've yeah. squirreled away and I've got a storage space downstairs which is full of pink foam high density insulation foam and bits I mean I'm looking at uh, I've got in the room here with me um, something that I'm tempted to do as a piece of terrain for my uh, Beastman Militia is I've actually got, and this is another thing actually, kids' toys. Looking at <laughs> charity shops for things like kids' toys. Um, like or, even, or even pound shops and that sort of thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Looking for kids' toys like um, cranes, tractors, mm. um, trains. Yeah, toy yeah. trains. Um, you've got uh, what else have you got in there that's, that's useful? Um, shit, Meccano. Anybody ever remembers Meccano? Although it's really hard to actually want to paint over the top of that because I still like to play with it. Um, <laughs> but Meccano is a great thing for to give you stuff to build with. Um, you know, there's lots of things that can be repurposed. But I, I'm looking at a what is effectively a dwarfen house. Mm. Um, it's a very cool little kit that I'm planning on turning into some sort of shrine. I was thinking of donating it to the local Age of Sigmar group, but um, I'm thinking I might play around with it for the Beastman now. But, um, <laughs> you know, again, I bought it, I saw it, I saw some potential in it, I bought it, I put it to one side, and because I haven't thrown it away or, you know, given up on it, I can now yeah. turn it into something else. I guess that the, the, the other bit which comes from that is then what's in your bits box? Um, so yeah. your, your bits box is going to have all sorts of weird and wonderful bits and pieces in it um, from however many years you've been collecting it all, especially with the, the, the plastic GW kits these days. Is that they've got yeah. so much extra stuff on them. Um, but it's the stuff that you would normally throw away from that. So you've got your sprues uh, from any of the Forgeworth kits. You've got all the um, uh, the mounting blocks. I mean, for the, from those, in my mind, they, they a lot of them have always looked like barriers, road barriers, and 
uh, tank traps and, and all sorts of things like that. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's lots of different bits and pieces which uh, the the thin bits of rod which um, sort of sit in between where the uh, the, the pore channels basically. Um, the pore yeah, yeah, channels. the pore channels. Yeah, uh, that, that sort of thing. They they can get used for um, all sorts of things uh, because they're they're rods and they're, they're eminently eminently useful um so which, which is probably why my desk is covered in them um <laughs> but yeah all those different bits and pieces you can make rubble you can make uh, struts you can do so many different things with those things you would normally throw away so yeah don't don't just think ah the sprue's done i'm gonna throw away and throw it away um yeah keep them use them and one one thing uh we'll talk about is uh, again Sprues is a good point actually because I've seen lots of people actually cut sprues up and use them as bricks. You know, yep. actual sprue yep. parts as bricks and things like that. And again, when you're building things like going back to the Pringles tube, for example, you've got your Pringles tube, you're building a structure out of it. Those sprues, those, those things, they actually form really nice, they can actually form girders and foundation structures and stuff like that that you can put a little heat to um warm, hot warm water or a heating gun and you can reshape and, and move around and you know really have some uh, have some fun with mm. and um one of the other the other sides of that I, I guess is um other plastic bits and pieces um, that you'll find around the house so um my missus goes through cotton buds like there's no tomorrow mm. but again uh, cut both ends of them off and you've got perfectly workable and exactly the same size every time plastic tube yep yeah that's true they're great um, for, they're great for pistons yeah and, yeah um, all, all sorts of stuff that sort of stuff yeah so yeah I mean it, it's it's I think back to where we started there is, is yeah look at look at the everyday and then try and see how you can repurpose and, ch and change it but again staying on with the theme that you're trying to do so yeah and uh, to be fair here it actually com that I for model uh, model usability mm. basically comes with practice as well because yeah. if, yeah. if you have done this for like 20 years you usually see it way <laughs> way faster than if yeah. you just started the hobby yeah definitely. there's still uh, some nice uh, tips here when you just yeah. Look around your house, basically, and see what you can find. Yeah. Although, probably a good idea with your your missus, your mum, your wife, whoever. Ask them first. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. Yeah. You didn't yeah, need these, right? Uh, yeah. Oh shit. Why are you taking apart my stereo? What's oh. going on? <laughs> well, to be fair, this stereo wasn't mine, but it actually did die. <laughs> it did die. <laughs> it was broken? No, it wasn't. Crunch. No, it, uh, it was. It was broken enough to go to the tip. So oh, fair enough. That, that's legitimately broken then. Um, <laughs> I was going to say one one thing as well. When we talk about scrounging stuff, um, might not be the most popular uh, thing to use, but um, actually looking at uh, nature, going out oh, yeah. and using actual stones actual like um uh branches thick tree branches stumps like that give you i mean i have a plan for a swamp base in my head and my plan will will involve tree structures very or very avatarish i guess 
um, or Dagobah, uh, more than anything else, like the raised out tree roots. And I've been looking at using actual tree branches to build these mm. things um, because naturally they've got the shape. Naturally, they're strong. You know, with uh, you can paint over them if you brush everything loose off them. You can seal them and paint over them, or you can just seal them and use them as they are naturally. Put a bit of oil on them or something to give them their bring back their shine, their natural colour. You know, there's a lot the of space trick, there. Yeah, I think the trick there is going to be with that is scale. Yeah. Um, um, and the scale of the detail, which is which is part of it as well. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I could get a, a big chunk of slate and and use that on, on a base and. Um, but if it's if it's not got the chipping to the same level um, as as the marines and things which I'm playing against, it's going to look a bit weird. So yeah, um, there have been some wonderful, wonderful um, uh, sort of megaliths and things like that made out of rocks. Um, and <laughs> one of the funny things with that is you end up going and going right. I've, I've built this thing which is made of stone, and now I'm going to undercoat it and then paint it so it looks like stone. <laughs> but it's so you, you're doing that so that the the coloring is on the same scale as everything else that you're doing. Yeah. Because uh, if you don't, yeah, it, yeah, it, it once it looks like a rock and is a rock, it, it's yeah, it's not part <laughs> of the story. Exactly, it needs weathering and and, and bringing part of it. And I think that, but I think it's it's a good it's a source to look at that gets ignored because it's something that people just think, well, it's. I don't know if how people think about it. Personally, I've I've looked at it and gone, well, if I want a tree, I'll buy a plastic one, or I'll, you know, or I'll just make some bushes because I'm not going to walk through trees or anything like that. You know, I'm not, you know, they very rarely get involved in the game or something along those lines. Especially when I was playing fantasy, you kind mm. of used to really. I used to play armies that just hated trees and would go around them. Um, but uh, you know, when you look at them for modelling, like I said, a swamp planet, or uh, if you want to try and build something like uh, Endor, for example, mm. like a forest moon or whatever, um, you know, having real tr- uh, thick branches, getting the scale right, like you say, is a good way because there's a lot of natural texture on there. A lot of the work is taken away from making it look real. Um, apart from the fact that if you are on a black you know, like a black earth base, and you want to have that reflected, you're gonna have to paint them. But yeah. that's not the end of the world. No, no. And um, uh, speaking sorry, of Christmas. some natural resources as well, I used uh, when I was still playing War Machine for my Mammoth Army. They're based in a desert, basically. So I put some. Uh, I used some what's called pine bark, basically. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to go out and get bark, please. But take the one that's on the ground, not rip it off the tree itself. Amen to that. So th- because it's way friendlier to the tree, but that could, that uh, is uh, it's uh, almost like uh, slate because it's uh, segmented in thin layers. The bark. Mm. Yeah. So I used it like a slate-like rock on the basis. Just glued it down, covered it with uh, PVA glue. A couple, uh, I think, two layers, so it's soaked in, so get a bit of a harder finish. So it won't break apart as easily. And then just painted it up in grace, and then then you had a slate base, basically. Mm. I think what you're saying about like them being from the desert. Um, one yeah. of the things that uh, I found was uh, buying sand from Games Workshop always seemed like a very very odd idea when I'm living in Swansea, which has this massive massive miles and miles and miles long beach. Yeah. 
Yeah. But the reason the reason that you do that is is uh, the granularity of it, and it comes down to that scale thing again. Because the, the sand from the beach in Swansea was so incredibly fine, you could put it on a base, but it just wouldn't look like anything. Um, um, it, it's it's having something which is the right texture uh, yeah. as well. For what I bought I bought the bag of that uh, that you use for basically making fine concrete. Mm. That is the really, really fine sand, but it's still several different sizes of uh, sand yeah. granules. So uh, that's that's way cheaper. It's basically the same as buying sand from Games Workshop. Save that you get like two kilos of it or three kilos. Uh, yeah, I just took a <laughs> bucket. I just, I just took, yeah. a, I took a bucket, a bucket and spade to the kids' pro- uh, playground and just took a bucket worth of sand from there. Hope you re- hope you rinsed that thoroughly. Oh yeah, it got washed. Trust me, it got washed. <laughs> it might look a bit sketchy for those of us who don't have children going and doing that. So well, it, 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 as long as you wear a long overcoat and a hat pulled down and sunglasses, <laughs> and, and do it sure, while there's make sure, kids. Make sure there's lots of kids there and it's hot. Then yeah. you know, people are obviously going to be looking at their kids. They won't worry about you. I'll, I'll bow to your greater knowledge of this. Yeah, yeah, do that, do that, and I'll post. Or, or I'll, I'll find my, some bail money for you. Yeah. Or do it my way and just buy a huge bag of sand with yeah, different yeah, textures. That, that much more so that that will probably last for more than a lifetime of bases. Uh, depends if you're doing a militia army or not. Oh, actually, I used it for my in, to coat my entire gaming table and two armies, and I've still barely made a dent in the bag. That's good to hear. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, again, trying to keep pulling back around to the the, the topic about scrounging. It's it's really you know scrounging is kind of part of it. I think more than anything, part of terrain. It's it's about finding finding things that work. And we'll, we'll, again, I know we'll talk about this again in the future because we we basically intend to. Um, but having um, having a good mix of things. So for example, the new Draw, uh, what is it? Armored crates or whatever they're called. Um, oh, they're so going on my Zomatalis board. <laughs> yeah, but they they fit um, for that sort of stuff. But they they're full. The kit is full of little bits of drop terrain, but mm-hmm. that mixed mm. with some bases made out of you know, scavenged sand and or bought sand, depending on how how risk you li- how risky you like to live your life. Um, and well, ha- considering cat shit ain't that healthy to deal with yeah, and well, uh, rinse it most out. playground playground up. pits are made full of it man the fuck up and <laughs> rinse it out um but uh the, so the, what i'm saying is that there's um scrounging is a big part of it to make it cheap to make it uh, to give you access to different shapes that are and uh, structures that aren't pre-pressed plastic grimdark mm-hmm. uh, stuff mm-hmm. but good terrain is a mix of everything i think yeah and mm. I, I would say that purely from the fact that I've I've been very lucky to have a lot of stuff gifted to me by by friends when I've started to um, do uh, talk about doing tournaments and things, um, which I plan to be doing more in the future, um, and having things like properly detailed containers mixed in with rock formations made out of pink foam and. Um, high density cardboard and sand and you know like moss from train uh, train uh, train modeling and stuff like that all of those aspects when they come together 
that's when it really pays off. I, I think that's probably a, a very good point. Um, is um, that there are folks who do a lot of modeling um, <laughs> for something to look amazing and all be cohesive uh, with, all, with all the train stuff. And there's a lot of inspiration and a lot of knowledge um, with that, that for uh, the detailing and the painting and the weathering and all, all those sorts of things that, that we really can take away. And um, I find it very odd a lot of the time when you get the sort of the various different geek communities out there. It's like, okay, well, you guys play with toy soldiers. Uh, now we frown upon that. And you guys play with trains and oh, that's a terrible thing. Whereas essentially you're doing something very, very similar mm. um, in like, mm-hmm. painting and building and, and all those sorts of things. Um, so I mean, for my Titans and my Knights, um, the the modeling, um, which I'm using because uh, House Cold Shroud is, um, it uses the Gryphonicus color scheme. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I was working my way trying to find out the best way to do that mottled gray color scheme. And I thought, well, Misha Schmitz. So going and looking at people who were doing World War II airplane modeling, so it's a similar scale, similar painting techniques and everything like that. And just learning from that, um, very, very useful for all the different areas of, um, uh, that we that we touch upon with painting, building, playing, the, mm. the works. I think uh, I, I know somebody who'll echo that is uh, our friend J, JP from um, Age of Darkness because he does he reads a lot of uh, military modelling magazines, mm. and yeah. you know that's uh, a really good way, a really good source of picking up how to put things yeah. together. Sadly, those he he is reading is in French, so. Well, <laughs> but there are there are decent uh, English ones as well. But I was going to say there are other options out there if you don't speak the lingo of uh, of the of that printer. I'm sure there are options yeah. out there. I'm looking at Facebook now, and I have like four or five different suggestions for scale aircraft modeling and military mod- model craft international and stuff like that. So, mm. so there there are def- basically there are, there are a lot of options out there for it. And um, yeah, I think I think that's right. It's not losing sight that we are in a a big hobby. We just happen to be in our niche of it. Mm. Um, I mean, a, a good friend of uh, of mine gave me a load of her modelling stuff that she used to do elves, uh, fancy elves way back, wood elves and and that sort of stuff. But she'd actually picked up um, from a model railway uh, kit. A series of um, sections of cobblestone on, like, uh, not card, but sort of like foam, foam card stuff, mm-hmm. and um, they they became an inspiration for me for the base for my knight, which is mm. um, when it gets painted is actually striding through the corner of a church or cathedral, going from a cobblestoned. Um, road out onto um, or into a marble uh, marble footing and inside the church and that stuff like that which came from model railway mm. is now going to up the game of my my basing basically put it bluntly it's going to make it yeah. even better yeah. because epic basing is where it's at yeah definitely. and speaking of that uh, there are for some called like uh, decoupage and other stuff like that yeah and for when you make scrapbooks and stuff mm-hmm. there yeah. are small punches that you can punch out that's like a hole punch but instead of a 
instead of it being round, you have like leaves and stuff like that you can punch out. Yeah. And that's if you are doing a forest themed or a swamp themed, you want and want some leaves on. There's actually some model specific kits like that, if I remember right. Yeah, I think I think Green Stuff World made some some as well, but yeah. if you if if you it might be easier to source a like a hobby store like that instead of uh, if you don't want to order online. I mean. Yeah, and again, you can just things like that help to add detail, help to elevate that next. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, one of one of the, the one of my favourite purchases um, for a very cheap thing. Uh, I think it was about uh, 10, 12 euros. Um, was um, uh, it's a, it's a pair of uh, sli- um, two inch square slides, uh, which have got um, teeth uh, on both sides. Well, those two one for cables. Exactly that. Yeah. So you yeah. roll you roll them between. I, want, them I wanted to buy. I wanted to buy some of those. Oh, they're so good. So many times. So good. Mm. Um, and speaking of stuff like that, there's I have some of those uh, from I think it's from Green Stuff World as well. We have those textured rollers where mm, you basically yeah. apply put it put it to a base or whatever and you just roll it over so you get the texture. And that could be used for a variety of scrounge terrain as well to just give it that extra bit of disguise from being a mm. like a Pringles can or yeah yeah. Anything like that. Actually, one, one, one good to one good thing to look at and uh, remember is um, having a look at uh, Plasticard because you can buy it with preformed uh, diamond print and stuff in it, yeah. which is great for using with um, with what you call it with uh, walkways and flooring yeah. and stuff like that. And the, there you can also see example of that used as extra armor on my. Or reductor tanks, yeah. where you use a, a small rectangular one. Takes your plastic card. That's very cool. Yeah, I remember that stuff. It's very, very nice yeah. stuff. And that was basically because I could have modeled some armor <coughs> myself, but but I liked the look of it and just thought, why go through, through the, all the extra effort? Because <laughs> <laughs> then I, cause then it, uh, I might end up with something that doesn't look half as good and. I guess the other part of that is as well your, your ability to recreate something again and again and again and again. And well, if, if it's something which, yeah, that small agreed that small agreed pattern, no way I want to even try that. I could do it. I have done it before, but I don't want to. <laughs> no, no, definitely. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. To be honest with you, Chris, because that sort of stuff is a. Bit... I, I did I did train as a silver silversmith, so. Repetitive patterns are actually something I've been quite used to. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Can't argue that. So I could also understand why you might not want to do anything with them as well. Yeah. <laughs> you could avoid doing it. Yeah. Um, I was uh, thinking of linking it back to uh, Rickard's email. Yeah. Because he had some su- suggestions that he himself had. Uh, okay. So he has had one that was basically go to a kitchen. Yeah. And if you, you look at those, at least in Sweden we have spices in glass bottles, I'm not sure how you do in England. Yeah. And they have a, a small plastic, uh, that, that little grate where... That it's got a sort of talk. triangular... Uh, there, we have round bottles with a little round top round them that stops all the spices from coming out uh, all at once. It's a grate, yes. basically. Yes. And that is perfect for like... 
uh, as I mentioned, that it is great in drains or industrial outlets. Mm-hmm. That may, makes your table smell nice. Very <laughs> <laughs> uh, little ambience. Yeah. Quote: Looking at you, Emperor children. <laughs> Fair enough. So, and you could also use the bottles, bottles themselves for terrain. I would <laughs> would suggest if you can actually find a use for them, if you like a storage tank or mm. or something like that. Mm. Uh, sorry, go on, go. Yeah, yeah no, I was just going to go to the next part. So, if you want to come in this one, no, you, you go keep. for it. You go for it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, number two is it's Christmas or someone's birthday, and you're wrapping a gift. You use scotch tape. Now throw throw that stuff away, and you got this, this plastic drum. Got your broken ass headphones? Throw the shit away and keep the cord. Add the two super realistic cable drums for Salmortalis or similar industrial settings that require organized organized cable storage. Very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah. yeah. And then we have a number three. He's mentioning the car repair aluminium netting. Yeah, which is, very, very, which is very, very useful uh, yeah, stuff to play around with. Quite easy to source and doesn't cost that much either. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it's a small suggestions, suggestions that we... Yeah. I uh, thought it would be prudent to mention them. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll, again, I think it's something we're going to definitely come back to because I want to revisit this in, at a later date um, because I think it's... Again, that's that's a whole nother level of detail that he's talking about. That he's talking about not just terrain, but he's talking about scatter terrain, or, or what I, I sometimes refer to as accent pieces. So, like ammo boxes and bits and pieces being put down for, uh, for to add an extra level to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that uh, cable drum that is that is built is uh, quite useful for, like just give some some sort of cover terrain basically mm. and again being married to a seamstress cotton drums cotton reels um, yeah for sewing that sort of cotton yeah. thread reels they're great for that sort of stuff they're brilliant actually for uh, having around as um uh, for scatter terrain like that i mean all of, the, all of this i'm finding quite inspirational uh, i think i'm probably going to uh, go back on crusade and heresy in the next few days and maybe throw open a competition of some variety just to make a, uh, a dreadnought sized base um, piece of scatter terrain uh, just only using stuff uh, which folk can find give them months to build it or something like that get it built painted and so on and then uh, see what people come up with do it we'll, we'll pimp it up through our, uh, <laughs> our site as well yeah. as soon as it's up just send us a message and we put it up yeah, yeah, yeah. Right as well I like that idea. I mean, this is this again. This is the thing. It's all about sowing creativity, seeing what we can come up with, um, seeing what we can drive, and uh, give give us a, a different thought process to people. Definitely. Yeah, I, I was thinking maybe like put a uh, a theme on it or something like that, but I don't want to sort of stifle that creativity of people just going out and finding stuff. I think it's better to restrict the. Uh the size and stuff like that in, mm, mm. in in that case instead of it's either do a theme base or do a you have this size to build a cool base or yeah. objective or something like that yeah maybe a 60 millimeter uh, up a 60 millimeter objective marker yeah, mm, yeah. Done. something like that would be very very cool and like yeah. I said we'll, we'll we'll definitely shout that out and uh, pimp it out through the uh, through our page as well so that'll be very mm. cool yeah. so you heard uh, it here uh, first guys if the idea comes up you heard it here first 
we're not that we're trying to claim it or anything. We we don't we don't no we, no we, we don't own twenty percent of whatever you may or may not win from this event. Um, should yeah. something happen, but you definitely gain a hundred percent of the kudos for being fucking awesome for doing it. It's okay. I'm just going to send them some like empty sprues through the post, well, and then use them to build things. It, well, it'll be great. Well, I'll appreciate it. Isn't it better to just send empty boxes and keep the sprues for yourself? Well, this is very true. But have a note inside saying, "Well, this is what you were going to win, but we just decided to keep it because I saw the potential in it." <laughs> and yeah, you hear the, hear the screams of dicks coming. From... <laughs> Justifiably covers that. Yeah, we understand. Complete douchebag. Complete well, cockmoses for saying that. But um, you know, it's funny, and that's what we like. So I think I think that feels like a kind of a, a natural end to where we are right now. Um, I think it's it's definitely something we're going to have again. We're going to talk about it again in the future because I know Freddie's got a lot of thoughts on terrain. I think we're going to look at expanding it to. Uh, include things like boards, uh, gaming yeah. boards, and do a bit more detail on on maybe creating a couple of simple projects and stuff like that, which we can add on to uh, to the website to the uh, website to the well, we have a website coming up. We'll talk we about have that a website. Later. It, it it is up, so we we'll can talk, talk about that later for sure. Later for sure. We'll talk about that in the, in the wrap up. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we've got. Um, We'll put it up on the Facebook page, and we'll we'll sort of see what we can we can show um, from our experiences as well. So I think that could be a lot of fun. But yeah, mm. other than that, unless anybody else has got any other things they wanted to touch on as far as this is concerned, I think we've rambled really well about it. Yep. And we <laughs> will have, as you've said, at least one or more episodes of this I in the future. So. so I think so for sure. Um, yeah. so what I will say then is oh, well, hopefully we can get you back on for it if nothing else we'll see what we can do mm-hmm. um, but what I will say now is then if that's the case we are going to be played out to uh, Mr. Lex's second choice of the evening and after this, tu- after this tune we will be right back
mich. Du, du hast, du hast mich. Du, du hast, du hast mich. Du hast mich, du hast mich gefragt, du hast mich gefragt, du hast mich gefragt und ich hab nichts gesagt.
And we're back, and we'd like to say a big thank you to Lex for coming on there, having a good chat about, not just about terrain, but about himself, and bigging up the Crusade and Heresy group on Facebook. If you're not a part of it, you should be. Uh, so go over and get that fixed, because it's a really great source. A lot of great painters, a lot of great gamers, and some really cool stuff going on there. So, Freddy, uh, oh, Freddy, Freddy was with us briefly, but he's actually had to go away and do something else. So we're... Uh, I'm getting a bit confused, um, so I'm going to start and do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I just will talk myself into a fucking corner. Uh, it's easy, easy when it's a contingency. Yeah, it really is. Six minutes. It's more like remembering which who's fucking around. So let's try that again. Coming back in three, two, one. And we're back from the segment on scrounging for terrain. And first of all, Thank you, Lex, for being part of that. Really good to have you on, buddy. Um, really good to have you part of the intro as well. And we'll get you back on again in the future, maybe to talk about the route or the Imperial Fist whenever we get around to doing those armies. And it was really good just to have a chat about the uh, terrain collecting. And we're going we're gonna to revisit that, aren't we, Chris? I think we need to come yeah, back and we, revisit that. Yeah, we really need to come back to that. And if it's with Lex or with Freddy or someone else. So if you have experience, write in and... Uh, See if you can give us some notes and hints on everything. Yeah, definitely. And if you, again, guys, this this, this segment has come from uh, a listener's email. If you've got an idea for a segment, give us a shout and let us know. Uh, and actually, speaking of that, uh, let's just get through, let's do the social media shout outs so uh, you guys can actually get in touch. First of all, give us a like and follow what we're doing on the Facebook page, which is the Varangian Heresy podcast. You can get us on Twitter at Varangian Heresy. And like I said, you can email us at the Varangian Heresy at gmail.com and give us a shout. And like I said, give us some feedback. Pick us up on something you think we've said or done wrong. Give us some ideas about what we can talk about. We've got loads of ideas, but we'd love to get you guys involved as well. And, and also, uh, there's an update for our social media this week. Yep. And that's uh, it's not much on it yet, but we actually have a web page. Hey, we got our own web page. Yeah, and that's uh, just the Varangian Heresy Podcast dot blogspot dot com. So it's Perfect. currently we have six episodes posted on it, and that's all we have posted on it. But there might be more f- content in the f- in content in the future, because why not? That's definitely, it. definitely. And I think we we can uh, maybe we'll see some galleries and stuff crop up in there from time to time as well. But yep. uh, our main our main residence is most definitely Facebook for uh, for content and information about what we're doing. So get on over there, guys, and just uh, get involved. We'd yep. love to have you involved there. Considering we have heard that people actually there are actually people that's not using Facebook, so it might be yeah. a good place. What is it? What is that about? I mean, really, in this day and age, yeah. what so the hell's going on? It's a it's a great tool for people not using Facebook. This is very to find true. our episodes and maybe some updates and news in the future. Very, very true. Well said, Chris. Um, so, yeah, that's our social media shout out. And now we're going to go on to uh, talking about the charity work, uh, first of all, because that's very important. And a big thing here at the Ferrangian Heresy around the 30k community is the Warlord Raffle. And that is uh, something that Freddie is organizing to raise finances to help in the uh, fight against DMD, muscular dystrophy, because it's a very top, very important topic close to Freddie's heart. You can read all the details on our Facebook and on a number of the other podcasts Facebook as we're rallying together as a community to actually do this. Um, bottom line is, you can, if you contribute 35 US dollars to this, buy a ticket, you get an entry into a 
raffle that will be drawn on the 16th of October 2016 at the uh, Burning for Prime event and you can win a pro painted Warlord Titan painted by the guys at Scattershot Painting. If that does not get your 30k juices flowing, I do not know what will. So get on with it, be hard for heresy, put out to fight, fight DMD and put some money into it. Definitely worth it. And if nothing else, it's it's not about the money because the money are really money is good. We can't uh, we can't come go away from that because it it can fund research. But another important thing is that people are get aware about this. Yeah, as well. Most definitely, and it's something that is is very important to understand. It's very important to understand what's actually being asked of you. So go out there and get educated, get learning, and see what's actually on there. And as part of that, by the time this episode drops, but as we're actually recording the wrap-up at the moment, uh, the Forgotten Legion guys, the Forgotten Legion 30K from Texas, one of our, uh, brother, our brothers in arms on the podcasting circuit and 30K uh, community, they are organising a live telephone, telephone even, and it would have actually happened uh, by the time you hear this episode. Uh, but you can go onto their webpage, their YouTube channel, and I'm sure you'll be able to see uh, what happened. And the evening is ourselves, uh, the Routine Heresy, and you're going to have the Northern Heresy, the Age of Darkness podcast, Seize the Initiative, I believe is on there as well, and yeah. the boys from the Eye of Horus are going to be online. And Chris from Scattershot Painting and Freddie himself are going to be kicking open the show with uh, Chris and the boys from the Forgotten Legion hosting everything. And we're just going to be talking heresy, talking smack, talking beards, talking Vikings. And I think uh, I think I've heard rumours of Tim going all Sasquatch on us, which is going to be fucking and, epic. And I think there was a mention of a beard off as well. Thing, yes, which well, to be fair, best beard. I think uh, I, I love uh, I feel for our brothers down down in the southern hemisphere because you know beard growing isn't really. Proper beer growing can can isn't always a year-round thing with the Aussies. And I think we've even though it's their winter time right now, it's probably not their strongest suit. Um, but uh, I, I have to admit, as much as I love all the other podcasts, I've got a feeling it's just between the Varangian Heresy and the Forgotten Legion because uh, you know I think we got game here. And, and, I, and I must say that it's more a more uh, a question of you versus the, the Forgotten Legion because or me versus Josh yeah. I think is what we're trying to say because my beard growing abilities as a mixed descendant of Swedish and Aust Austrian heritage basically means I can can grow a mustache and that's it the beard uh, but you can grow a, a, a mustache mustache twirling villain mustache yes which is, yes, I can. Uh, which is yes I can which is a, a thing all of on its own um, you can't win a beard off uh, no <laughs> I was trying to think of something that maybe you could, but I'm going to have to say that no. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be a great night. We're going to have lots of fun, and it's all about getting people to call in and make donations via the uh, raffle webpage. And even after this, like I said, the, the event is the raffle is going all the way up until the 16th of October, so you can contribute there. Please do so. Um, we spend lots of money on our hobby. Take a little bit of your hobby money out this month. Put yourself in a chance to win a. Warlord, uh, painted, pro-painted Warlord Titan, and do something extra special with with that hobby budget this month. And if nothing um, else, if you win it, you have a, one nice story to talk, tell tell about him that you actually won a Warlord Titan next time. Yeah, one hell of a story. Yeah. Let's be fair. And the fact is, the the raffle won't end until October 15, I think it is. 
So that's a worthwhile cause that we need to be supporting, most definitely. And like I said previously, because this episode will be dropping after the event itself has happened live, you'll be able to catch it up on the Forgotten Legions uh, YouTube uh, stream, I believe, and definitely on their, there'll be a link, if nothing else, on their website, and we will do our very best to link it onto our web, our uh, Facebook page and tweet it out as well, so it's, it's there for everyone to see. Yep. And that leads us nicely on to uh, our events. So, Chris, do you want to go, because uh, we talked about it earlier in the episode, uh, the very beginning, actually, do you want to go over the uh, Escalation League very quickly? Please? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it like this. Uh, the Escalation League, the Skyrim of Fungal Metallicus, is on. There's a nice Facebook group you could join, as we said in the beginning of the episode. And if you want more information, either join the group or maybe listen to the intro section of this episode again. Because we went over it in quite detail, and it's no point in just listening if you want to play, because it's always better to play if you can play game or <laughs> communicate with other people in the hobby. Very true, very, very true indeed. So go out there, get a look at the Facebook page, uh, go and have a look at the, our Facebook page as well. Again, we're all taking part. You can see what we're doing on there and what the other podcasts are doing on there. And yep. if you're very new, a little bit of a pro tip on this one, unless you absolutely want to and, ha and think you've got the free time, you know, like maybe you're a, a student not doing anything after uh, after classes or finishing all that sort of stuff, probably a good good idea to stay away from militia and um, and uh, solar auxiliary, at least at, at this level, maybe, unless you want to do an all-tank list in 500 points. On the Just other, a tip. On the other hand, you can't use tanks in Sol Mortalis, so it would be pointless. Well, but, you can uh, do a Sentinel other, list, maybe. Yeah, Sentinels are always nice. But <laughs> speaking as a student, <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, I, my list is five models, so it's quite doable. Freddy, who's actually working full-time and has a family, uh, more than I do, basically, because I have just... Well, I have just a girlfriend, and she will hit me if you ever listen to this. And yeah, <laughs> if she ever finds out you refer to as just a girlfriend, yeah. you're a dead man. She is, but she won't listen, and neither will anyone else that she knows, I hope. Backpedal, 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 man. Yeah. Cover yourself, quickly. Well, at least Freddy, he's doing a solo auxilia army, so if you are crazy and still don't really have time... But want to do a solo auxilia army consisting of about sixty infantrymen? You could, or you could do yeah. a mechanicum list about of five models, just about yeah. time and priorities. Very much so. Just pick your army. I think is as our little a little pro tip there. And speaking of armies, this is an escalation league, and we'll go up to three thousand points. And what do we have in October? It's three thousand points, Jody. Oh, we have Scandus, the burning of Scandus Prime. I love that segue. Very well done there, Chris. Very very uh, professional amateur. Well, I'm, well I'm, I'm trying to improve myself. I think we're all trying to work on that, and that's yeah. very nicely done. Anyway, I've just completely stomped all over it by doing that. Well, hey. On the other hand, someday we actually might know what we're actually what we're doing, and not just trying. Rumors, 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 and conjecture. I believe it. I don't believe it. Never. Oh, Scandus. Scandus. Anyway, <laughs> Scandus. Yes, the burning of Scandus Prime is. Uh, is the premier event that's happening now uh, for the heresy uh, I'm, I'm going to say premier event because we're biased because we're uh, we, our co-host is running it and we're big fans of it uh, premier event here in Sweden at this moment as it stands and um, coming up in October that's October 15th and 16th 
Lots of cool stuff happening. There's not only the tournament itself, but there's a night joust. We're running a, an event as part of that, which is a box dread challenge, but yep. we'll come up with more details on that in our next episode. Um, and then there is the fun of not just the, a main 3,000 point list, but a zone mortalis list as well as part of that. So yep. if you're really sneaky, if you're taking part, you use the uh, Escalation League to build up your zone mortalis list like I may or may not be doing at the moment. I am, totally am. Same um, here, same here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that, and we'll, we'll go into more details on that again. Yep. But one thing I do want to say, though, is the event pack is up. Uh, uh, the event player pack is yep. up and running, so go and have a look at it. Some very cool stuff put in there by Freddy. Um, then, well, then we move on to the... the, the well, I sa- as I said, I did say premier event, but I don't want to be disrespectful. In, uh, the, uh, in, the guys in Malmo. Yes, they are having their Avaria Cluster Phase 3. And that's a 2,500 points event, I think, because it was 2,000 points last time. Sounds sounds about close to point being on point there. And it seems like a lot of people are already planning to go. Yeah, myself included, finally. And me, because I got uh, the offer of uh, a couch to sleep on, basically. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and that is held at uh, Spielen's House, as usual. And that's on November, uh, no, not November, September 17th at uh, 8 a.m. Yeah, so we're going to be up early, but that's fine. Yeah, currently 8 a.m., but we're not really sure exactly when it actually starts because they haven't released their event pack yet, but they're they're working on it. They have a we, know, we know Oscar very well, so we know he'll he'll be on that with uh, with the same level of professionalism. Yeah, and they have they have run several of these events before because they did phase three, and they have been successful, I think. Very at least, successful. At least according to those people who have joined us on the podcast and said they were had fun playing them. Which is all important. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Having fun. Having fun and playing heresy. So, September 17th. Not November, as I said first. <laughs> I'm sorry for, about that. But that actually is because the next event I'm going to talk about is uh, the one at uh, Borås Bell Convent. And that one is in November. November 5th is the main game event. And that's three games over a day. We went over this before, and we m- will probably go over this in the future with... Eric, if he is, or anyone else of the crew that's run, going to run it, wants to join in for a talk about that. Yeah, definitely. We'll get, we'll try and get Eric back on and have a chat about the event. He's yep. uh, doing a lot of work towards it already. Uh, we've seen some of the behind-the-scenes shots with, especially with the terrain that he's putting oh, yeah. together. He's, and that's insane. He is a, he is a beast. He, uh, Eric, uh, my hat goes off to you, buddy. My, oh. Metaphorically, top my doff my cap to you, sir. You're doing a fantastic job with a huge amount of work in front of you. But go for it, buddy. We're all behind you on this one. And this is uh, also an event that's quite good to practice for with the Escalation League because it has 1,500 points or or 2,500 points games. And that's for new players and and their ability to join because you might be a new player and you might not have two and a half thousand points painted by November. So it's then you have the 1,500 point games instead. Which is very, very cool. And I'd, I'd like to point out very quickly that from when we started this, I mean, we're, this will be episode seven. So seven weeks ago, we were talking about uh, Lincoln that was just on its way up. And then we had um, Scandus way off in the future. We're now looking at two extra events happening this year there, uh, here in Sweden. There might be uh, a fourth Avariae as well, I think. I believe there is a fourth coming up. Yeah, I believe you're right. I, th- I believe the plan is to have a fourth event this year as well. So we're looking at some good stuff happening here 
in the Swedish scene. I do believe uh, there is a an event going on in Finland as well. We've talked about that. Yeah, that I think that was part of an ongoing campaign as well. Which is really good to see. And I know and, uh, there's some stuff happening, happening up in Gothenburg as well, which we will investigate and try and shout out yep. a little bit and that, later that on. And that event in Finland, I had a look at their... It's most, most of all their information is in Finnish, but that's quite understandable, them being fin, Finns. Uh, and Google Translate does wonders. Yeah, and they, have, they had a link, I'm not sure where it is, I think it was actually linked in... 30k Sweden, the, the place where it's held, and it is there. It's called the bunker, basically, or bunkers, and a number I really should. This is improv- improvising as its as its finest, but it's yep. basically an, a reinforced cellar that looks like a bunker that they have as a game room. Very it cool. looks so heresy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's <laughs> great to hear, and that that should be a lot of fun as well. So we'll try and link that. So what I'm saying is, the scene of organised events is growing bigger and bigger just for this year, and next year is going to be even better. And I will prelude that with saying, in about two weeks' time, we're going to have a little bit of an announcement for that. So on episode nine, be ready for something that's going to be coming up, and it'll be very interesting for you guys. So yeah, I'm gonna be a bit of fun. I'm gonna do a small callback to the Finns because I think Fred mentioned that uh, Finns are really welcome to Scandus if they want to yeah definitely and he was fronting if if needed I think yeah I think there was was definitely some organisation that can be done and Freddy is more than happy to uh, work things out with you so if you are listening to us guys you want to come over and take a have a crack at um, at uh, Scandus get in touch with Freddy and he'll do what he can to help you out then you might uh, be able to uh, Beat up some weak Swedes. <laughs> <laughs> not weak Swedes. That's harsh. It's harsh. It's not weak Swedes. I'm just trying They're, to be nice. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> we don't have to be super nice. Come on, let's be fair. We don't have to be that nice. Um, but yeah, so like I said, we've got some stuff happening. There's some there's some events obviously going on around the world. Um, Shout out to the Eye of Horus boys who will be doing, they're, they're running their own event uh, coming up later on in the year. I know uh, Michael's finally uh, got a crack on with his own Mortalis. I was listening to the last episode and he's finally pulled, uh, pulled a big one out on that. So he's getting his own Mortalis. He, he was basically not allowed to participate in the Escalation League because he had to paint some Mortalis tables instead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the, 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 that was for a good reason. So we totally understand that. Yep. And... Um, also, uh, listening to the last episode of the Age of Darkness podcast, you've got um, JP mentioning that there is a uh, French group running an event in Quebec, uh, one of his local groups, and there is some information, I'm sure, on their page as well about that. Yep. And there is the Dawn of War event, the uh, <laughs> very, very spiffy wordplay there from Greetings from the Warp. Yep. Um which uh, is linked on our page and looks like a lot of fun and may, be, may involve us discussing a potential road trip, podcast road trip. We'll have to see. Um, we'll see, what can, see what can be, be organized. Yeah, yeah, all down to time and money. Yep. Uh, yeah. We'll see what we can do. Um, having one or having the other is usually the case. Always got the time and never the money, or got the money but never the time. Well, so indeed. we'll see what we can do. Indeed. We will see what we can do. Um, so other than that, just to round a few things off, Chris, have you got anything you wanted to add there before I just give a couple of our uh, sister podcasts a shout out? No, I don't actually think so. I think we have managed to cover most of the bases today. Yeah, so I think it's a pretty short wrap-up from us uh, this week. Uh, not a whole lot to catch up on. 
Uh, anything new that could, uh, mention, come out in this one? We could mention that we might that we might have a guest next next week. We might have a very special guest coming in next week. We've still got to confirm a few details, but uh, we did our section with uh, JP a little while ago on the Iron Warriors, which was great. And again, JP, shout out to you, buddy. Thanks for that. Um, but we are lining up a sit down with Tim from the Eye of Horus podcast to talk all things Mechanicum with our very own Chris. Yeah, and we so, m- we might or might not be able to talk some Squatch as well. Oh, I think we have to talk yeah. some Sasquatch, and if nothing else, I want to talk some Trolls. Yeah. I want to talk Trolls. Considering definitely. that's all we have in Sweden, basically. Yeah, but I think, I, think a, I, I think a Troll could take a Sasquatch without a problem. Well, I, I think there's no real, there's some uh, really, no real comparison. There's some there. really weird Troll stories in Sweden. We can yeah. take take those next week. Yeah, but I, I reckon Troll versus Squatch, Troll wins. Yeah, That's just considering most tro- Trolls are made of rock. So. <laughs> Which says a lot about the uh, the rock scene here in Sweden. It yeah, really I is. went there. <laughs> I went there. I'm sorry, I went there. Um, so yeah, just a couple of shout-outs. So again, we've uh, we've dropped uh, Age of Darkness in the Eye of Horus. Uh, big shout-out to Radio Free Istvan and the Forgotten Legion guys. Uh, to Greg, over at the, Greg and uh, Neil over at the Imperial Truth and our sister podcast Northern Heresy also don't forget to uh, be on the lookout for the Overlords uh, Masters of the Forge the independent characters Combat Phase and the Loaded Dice all the, those guys are all into Heresy in some way shape or form might not be their full content but it's definitely part of the community so get involved Sorry about that. and I want to do a shout out to um, Andrew from the Loaded Dice uh, following him and if you're not guys get on follow the Loaded Dice on Instagram and on Facebook because they've been doing some really cool little videos at uh, the recent uh, Balonian Insurrection event, which is quite cool to see it actually taking place in sort of real-time video, which is a lot of fun. So go and take a look at that. Yep. But uh, other than that, I think that's everything we've got for this evening and for this podcast. Yeah, I think so as well. Cool. Well, then, for me, it's good night. And for me, it's also good night. And remember, guys, live life like 30K. Be angron in the streets, be fulgrim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Vrangian Heresy Podcast, signing off. Good night. Good night.